Audio Jungle. Headquarters in Cupertino, California. This is Bloomberg Technology. We are coming to you live from the Worldwide Developers Conference, the much anticipated gathering of developers, which kicks off today. The tech giant announcing new software, new chips, and even a couple of new MacBooks. We're going to talk to analysts and developers about the key updates throughout the hour. Plus, Elon Musk threatens to end his deal to buy Twitter, why he says the social network is, quote, thwarting his information rights. Can Twitter actually seal the deal? We will discuss. And Apple beats Twitter to an edit button. That might be the biggest news of the day. We're going to get to all of that in a moment. But first, let's get a look at the markets and a lot going on in tech today. Bloomberg's Emily Grafeo here now with more. Emily, walk us through the day. Hi, Emily. Let's get right to Apple. It's all about that conference that you are attending. I know you're going to dive into all the details. Unveiled iOS 16, unveiled new iPad features, new lock screen, and they also debuted that highly anticipated Apple Pay later today. It didn't really move the stock that much. We finished up 0.5%, nothing huge there, but it did weigh on buy now, buy now pay later competitor, a firm we're seeing shares down about 5% to finish the day. Um, those shares closing at the lowest level since May 16th, May 26th. And another big tech news, Amazon finishing the day up 2% after that first day of trading following the 20 for 1 stock split. But if you zoom out though, Look at the chart behind me. We are looking at um, performance of Amazon and also Google's parent um, Alphabet following their stock splits. We're seeing that after these companies announce the stock splits, the performance is pretty weak. Amazon's down about 12% since that March stock split announcement and Google's parent Alphabet down 17% after announcing their stock split. To be fair, though, the NASDAQ 100, not the best leader, down about 5% since um, that time period. And now also we'll get to Twitter um, shares falling today after, of course, Elon Musk said he thinks Twitter's not abiding by the merger agreements. He's been asking the company to provide information about spam accounts and bots on the um, on the platform, but we're not seeing the news yet. If you remember last month, he said he's not going to proceed with that $44 billion takeover of Twitter unless the social media giant can actually prove that um, bots make up fewer than 5% of its users. And that's your tech market wrap. Emily. All right, Emily Grafeo, thank you. Back to Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference, where the company announced a slew 
of software updates as well as that new M2 chip, which will power a new MacBook Air and MacBook Pro. Our Mark Gurman, who of course covers Apple for us, has been across it all. And of course, Mark, much of this you already reported, but I think there were a few new things. Let's start with this M2 chip. Just how transformational will this chip actually be? So the M2 chip is not a major leap. It is not very transformational. Apple says it's about 18% faster than the M1. Now this is the base model of the M2 chip, right? So you'll see over time, you'll see an M2 Ultra, you'll see an M2 Pro, an M2 Max, maybe an M2 Extreme at the very high end for a Mac Pro eventually. So this is just the beginning of the M2 roadmap. They have to start somewhere. If you remember when they introduced the original M1, November 2020, that appeared first in the Mac Mini, the MacBook Air, and the 13-inch MacBook Pro, which was also updated today uh, with the M2 chip. Well, what is transformational about today? Let's start with the software. Where do you think the most significant updates there are? Yeah, in terms of the software, uh, two things really stood out. The lock screen on iOS 16. People have been asking, iPhone users have been asking for years for this customizability, the ability to personalize your iPhone, right? The iPhone very much from the very beginning, it's you get these wallpapers or you can set an image. Your font's gonna look like this, your home screen's gonna look like this. But they really have moved away from that, letting people really customize the day-to-day -day iPhone experience. So you're seeing that now. You saw a little bit of that with widgets over the last two years. Now you're seeing widgets on the lock screen, your ability to change the font, make a more dynamic picture, different filters and such. So that's very cool. Uh, the second thing on the iPad, you're getting this new feature called Stage Manager, which is a new multitasking interface for pro users. And it very much looks like what you would get when multitasking on a Mac. So window resizing, the ability to move windows around, operate four or five different applications at once. So that's a big deal there as well. And I'm looking forward to trying both of those new enhancements out. Well, I'm going to tell you what I thought was the most transformational. This ability to edit text messages, even unsend text messages. I, I was pretty excited about this, Mark. Um, before we talk about it, I want to take a listen to Craig Federighi, the you know architect of Apple software, what he had to say about this development. Have you ever sent a message only to immediately realize you didn't quite say what you intended? Well, no worries because now you can edit any message you just sent. So embarrassing typos can be a thing of the past. Second, have you ever wished you'd never sent that message at all? Well, good news, now you have undo send. So you can immediately recall a recent misfire. That one got a lot of laughs, Mark, here at Apple Park. But seriously, you made the point that Apple got to an edit button before Twitter did. You know, with the edit button, I think Twitter has been overthinking it for years. It's not a complex thing. Maybe in the engineering side, it's complex, but I think Twitter's issues were more fundamental. And I think Apple basically just ignore, ignored the noise around it and just did something simple, right? You send a message, you call Gabe babe, or you call the wrong person lamb chop to use their examples right, you're able to just tweak that and you get a little bubble there that says it was edited and you, and you move on. No biggie, right? But these features have been long requested. 
Actually, I think there's one feature that people have been clamoring for more than an unsend or an edit button, and that's the ability to mark a message as unread. You know how you can, in your email, if you want to deal with the message later, if you're already read, you just tag it as unread? Well, now you can finally do that in your messages list. So I'm looking forward to that. It's going to help me reply to people more quickly. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm excited about that one, too. Okay. Bloomberg's Mark Gurman. Um, we'll head to Bloomberg.com to check out more of Mark's reporting. Thank you. I want to talk more about these big announcements. There was so much more. Carolina Milanese now of Creative Strategies joining me here on the set here at Apple Park. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Apple Pay later feature because this could be pretty disruptive um, in the world of fintech and this movement from the physical wallet to an Apple wallet. What did you make of the significance of this announcement? I think the core of it is that it's going to be so much easier for people that use Apple Pay to just use that as a default versus using the plethora of other options that you have in the market. It's about integration. It's about taking away every little bit of friction that you have in the experience. And to be honest with you, something that I was expecting Apple to do sooner or later is, uh, you know, we've seen it with Apple Card and Apple Pay uh, developing more and more in becoming useful for small businesses and uh, more way to use it for consumers. And it's something that, you know, Mark Gurman had actually reported was coming. And today, of course, was the big unveil. But isn't it kind of a big deal if Anywhere they take Apple Pay, you can pay for it later? It, it is. <laughs> you don't you know. have to put all the money down right away. Uh, absolutely. And, and even if it's just a six weeks window, so it's not really a long period of time, it's roughly what you do with the credit card payment. Mm -hmm. And so for people that maybe have uh, more problems getting credit checked, for credit card, this could be a better way to do it. Now, one thing we didn't see today was really any clues about augmented and virtual reality. And of course, Bloomberg, Mark, has reported this big AR VR yeah. headset is coming. There was a thought we might get some clues as to what Apple's vision here is really going to be. And I was kind of stretching for it in some of those <laughs> videos. I was like, is that a sign? Um, but we didn't really see that. I mean, what do you make of the fact that they're just not ready to show us. What they I, have I think there are a couple of things. One is that there nobody's really rushing to get you know hands and experiences on AR from a consumer perspective. So the market isn't really screaming for one. And the other one is that uh, for Apple there's a lot of opportunity in the market today on the Mac and the iPad as it is. And so I think that it's taking advantage of what the uh, really the low hanging fruit of now are versus trying to maybe get out there too early. So, um, you know, Mark Gurman just said that he didn't he doesn't think the chip is necessarily going to be that transformational when it comes to the hardware. What do you think? I think what the silicon does uh, is showing that Apple is way more in control of their own destiny than they were before. And so even the fact that we've seen the MacBook Pro 13-inch uh, coming out now so quickly with DM2 after we've seen a release of DM1 not you know just a few months ago shows that the the pace of innovation both from a hardware perspective and software can be more rapid than it was before. And isn't it kind of a shot across the bow at Intel and AMD? Um, 
is putting more pressure in the market. And uh, I think that's good at the end of the day for consumers. What do you think was most significant about the software in general? I think a lot of folks look at some of these announcements and say, well, that's kind of iterative. It's not a huge leap forward. When really isn't the goal, A, to just, you know, give you more reason to upgrade your devices and B, bring this family of devices Absolutely. more closer together. Yeah, and I think that that last point that you just made for me was really critical. The fact that better together that, you know, we hear a lot from the Android camp, Apple really is delivering. And even the fact that you now can use, for instance, your iPhone as your camera for your Mac, or the fact that the iPad become an extra screen for your Mac, it really shows that the more devices you have, the more you have a benefit with Apple. And the other part, I think, is also looking at the monetization that Apple has and as an opportunity for services mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, in seeing um, how these devices coming together offer more opportunity to them to do so. So here's the big question. We are going into very tough economic times. You just, you know, Elon Musk saying he has a super bad feeling about the economy, you know, laying off 10 percent of yeah. staff. Jamie Dimon saying we're in for an economic hurricane. Are people going to be spending on new devices right now? And we're expecting a, a slew of new Apple devices in the fall when they can't afford gas and groceries. So for, from an iPhone perspective, you've always seen across all the recessions that we've had, uh, the, the mobile piece always staying strong because it's so critical mm -hmm. to what consumers do throughout their day. And, and I think that is more so today than it was maybe in the recession of 2000, 2008. Hmm. So the, the phone part, I think, is pretty consistent. For other devices, and maybe that's where the uh, reality headset, you know, the AR asset, would have been more of a stretch because we still don't know what we want to do with those kind of devices or the return of investment in. But at the end of the day, our life is more digital today than it has ever been. And if there's something that we've seen during COVID is the need for more computing power. All right, Carolina Milanese, Creative Strategies. Good to see you here in person. Same here. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. All right, coming up, Elon Musk threatening the deal could be off with Twitter. He says the social networking service isn't serving up enough information on spam and fake accounts. We'll have the very latest next. This is Bloomberg. Musk has introduced another twist into the Twitter takeover saga. Musk says he believes Twitter is breaching its merger agreement by not meeting his demands for information about spam and fake accounts. Bloomberg Sarah Fryer joins us now. Sarah, of course, Twitter responded today saying they are providing that information. What's the real story here? I mean, I think the real story is you take a step back and it looks like Elon Musk is having the worst case of buyer's remorse on this Twitter deal. And that's certainly <laughs> something that you can have, right? Um, you know, these M&A deals are, are pretty ironclad in how they work out. And, and Elon Musk can't simply 
you know, walk away or renegotiate it now that the the deal has been inked. And so I think he's he's trying to figure out um, a path here. Um, I you know I can't speak for him, right? Nobody knows what exactly is going on in Elon Musk's head, um, but he certainly seems to be creating a, a paper trail of some sorts about the the concern he has over the bot numbers as a, a way to try to maybe even bring Twitter back to the negotiating table. Maybe he wants a lower price. Maybe he wants to get out of it entirely. But, you know, Twitter is holding firm and saying, we think this deal is the best thing for our shareholders and we are going to see it through. So, so where look, does what this go the from here? Maybe cost what would the cost of walking away from the deal be for Elon Musk? Isn't it just a $1 billion breakup fee and then he can sort of, you know, make, you know, bad feelings about the deal go away with a, an emoji-filled tweet? I don't think it's as simple as that, no. I, I mean, I think that he needs, in order to do the breakup fee, he has to prove that there is there is something materially wrong here. and And I think that it's going to be hard to say that this this bots issue is it because Elon Musk has been aware of this issue. He, he even spoke about it initially as a, a way he would add value to Twitter is by getting rid of the bots. Um, Twitter has been consistent in reporting its percentage of bots for years. And so I, I, it's, going to, it's going to take a lot for, for him to be able to claim that this is the thing that uh, I mean, certainly you can claim, but to prove that this is the thing that yeah. that is not um, you know making this deal everything that he thought it was in the beginning. Interesting. Well, I'm sure there are more twists and turns to come, Sarah. Thank you. I want to stick with this story and bring in Dan Ives of Wedbush Securities, who of course covers Twitter and also Apple, um, which we're going to talk about in a moment. But first, on this Twitter thing, Dan, do you think this is just a very public case of buyer's remorse here for Elon Musk? Look, okay, Dan, we've talked about it. I think it's, he got cold feet. You know, the bot issue clearly is almost create a story of its own. And, and this is him trying to walk away from the deal or renegotiate a much lower price. And, and I think in the, now look, the Twitter's board backs against the wall because ultimately they could fight this in court, which will be very long and drawn out. At the same time, there'll be a standalone company with obviously a bot issue that would really be a black cloud over the stock. And I think that that's really right now the quagmire for, for the board. And I think for Musk, it's really the sort of a poker move what the next step is. How big do you think the bot issue really is for Twitter? I mean, we had a former Twitter executive on the show here who said it's really not that big a problem at all. Well, I think that's the debate, right? Is it 5%? Is it more than 20? Well, whatever the number is. And I think, look, the reality is, is that Musk, just given the situation, I think definitely changes tune, right? I mean, he's looking, you know, for, I want to call this side this being the scapegoat, but I think obviously it's cascaded into something either he doesn't want to do the deal or just given the market dynamics, what we've seen, especially with Tesla's stock. And now, you know, legally, this really starts to become a spider web. How does he get out of it? This is clearly the first step shot across the bow. 
Twitter's board is not going to back down. And then is this the renegotiations behind closed doors, you know, or do they somehow come out with some sort of due diligence that would really deem this uh, in terms of the bot issue, you know, one way or another, who's correct? Now, what do you make of Apple getting to an edit button before Twitter? Look, I think Musk was maybe taking notice. No, but look, realistically, I think as you pointed out, I think it just also shows Apple's listened to developers. And, and I think from a developer perspective, what we saw with iOS 16, they're, they're listening to what the developers listen to what consumers want. And I think from a software perspective, it shows that's the hearts and lungs of the Apple story. And it's a big part, along with obviously the, the golden install base and what we see on iPhones, as well as the overall ecosystem. That's why Apple is where it is. The other thing I would just point out, they're introducing products at a point the supply chain continues just navigate massive headwinds, just shows that distribution as well as owning their own chips. Absolutely. We weren't quite sure we'd see this M2 chip, a new MacBook Air, MacBook Pro because of some of those supply chain issues. But indeed, we did. I actually got to, to check out the, the, the new products myself. Um, I want to talk about another development here, and that is with family sharing. And as always with these Apple updates at WWDC, it's Apple sort of nudging us and trying to move us um, you know, towards the technology they believe is going to be the future. Take a listen to this on stage about this new ability to share, for example, your iPhoto library with someone else. With family sharing, you can share your favorite purchases and subscriptions with up to five of your family members, including Apple Music, iCloud Plus, Apple One, and much more. Everyone gets personalized access to their favorite content without having to buy their own subscriptions or share an account. It's interesting, Dan, we're not just seeing Apple trying to make all of our own devices more connected to each other, but our devices more connected to the devices of other people, for example, in our family. What's the significance of that? I think it just speaks to an unparalleled ecosystem and they're just trying to get further and further into that from both the services as well as device perspective. And I think that's, What's really happening here is they're doubling down on privacy. And I think you saw that across the board in terms of the, the presentations, but just more interconnected, more services, more ultimately family sharing from pictures to services to others. And I think that's really the goal here because Apple's right now putting an iron fence around their install base. And I think that's what this really speaks to as they continue to introduce new products. And the one thing I just point out, 225 million of a billion iPhones have not upgraded their phones in the last three and a half years. So I think it just shows the drum roll to iPhone 14. Now, Apple shares did take a leg down last week on the back of that Morgan Stanley report about a potential slowing of App Store sales growth. How concerned are you about that? And just how how many consumers are really going to upgrade their devices right now in a difficult macroeconomic environment? Yeah, look, I mean, as you saw with, with that report, as well as Snap News or any sort of Microsoft FX, the knee-jerk reaction to any negative news is going to be exacerbated in this market. But when it comes to Apple, 
if I read one month of the App Store, I mean, I think that sometimes that's not as good of a barometer when I look at the broader services, which is on pace to be a hundred billion, you know, as we go into next year. And I think it's a forest through the trees. They could have some softness here and there, but overall, I think that's worth 1.3 to 1.5 trillion. And to your point, in terms of just a broader macro and what we're seeing here, around the edges, they'll clearly see a softening. But what's baked into the stock? And I think most investors believe numbers you know, are, are coming down for next year. So I think what, what starts to happen is stock beats in more and more bad news. But I still believe it's an underestimated upgrade cycle. All right, Dan Ives, Webbush Securities. Always good to have you, Dan. Thank you. Much more coming up from Apple Park here in Cupertino. We'll be right back. This is Bloomberg. Now, here we are hands-on with the new MacBook Air. So it's definitely thinner, lighter, and, of course, powered by that new M2 chip. More powerful, faster, and this is the chip, really, that'll power the next generation of Apple devices. Another story we continue to watch, according to the Wall Street Journal, Chinese regulators are preparing to wrap up their investigation of Didi and restore its main apps to mobile stores. The report also saying the ride-hailing giant will face a relatively large fine. Coming up, we are going to have much more from Apple Park and WWDC. I'll be joined by a developer herself next. This is Bloomberg. Welcome back to Bloomberg Technology. I'm Emily Chang in Cupertino, California, live from Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference. And the key word being developer. Hundreds of them here this week to learn more about Apple's key updates. And of course, millions taking part in this event around the world. We saw a redesigned MacBook Air, MacBook Pro with the M2 chip, along with upgrades to the iPad and Apple Watch, as well as Safari, and a shift away from passwords. I'm joined now by Jess Wolf. She is the CEO and chairwoman of Rebel Girls, a multi-platform empowerment brand with the mission of inspiring the next generation of girls. And you guys are actually finalists for the Apple Design Award. What exactly does that mean? We are. We're thrilled. <laughs> Congratulations. You know, what do you think Apple sees in the design that so, you guys have come up so with? So our app, the Rebel Girls app, is a finalist for the Apple Design Award in Social Impact. There are six categories of awards and we are one of the finalists for them. And it's really around the design, the intentionality behind the app and what we're doing. We are a, an empowerment brand for girls. We're a storytelling company. We tell the stories of 650 women so far across history, geography, field of excellence, all about inspiring the next generation of girls. And so when Apple is talking to, you know, about apps and what apps make impact, the impact that we're having on girls' lives and our commitment to diversity and representation and authentic storytelling is really front and center. How can technology help you 
Tell that, I mean, you know, tell that story. I mean, gosh, we've been trying to inspire girls for, for generations and, you know, we still face um, a lot of challenges. What is it about technology that can help? Well, storytelling is what matters. Mm -hmm. So girls starting at the age of six start losing confidence and they start thinking they're less smart and less capable than boys. So how do we tell girls more stories that increase their confidence? So we started in books, we sold 8 million books, but then we went to audio and we went to digital. And so technology can increase access to stories and all kinds of stories and we can inspire more girls that way. Now when it comes to your company and obviously the developers at your company, what is it about a WWDC that's so significant? I mean, I'm sure, you know, are you looking here to see what Apple's view of the future is and trying to figure out how you can capitalize on that? Well, Apple has an amazingly huge ecosystem of audience and developers, and we've had a wonderful relationship both on the podcast side of things and the app side of things with Apple. So we're here today for the award ceremony and to see what the future is and how we can be, you know, at the front of the future for storytelling for girls. So we were hoping to hear some AR VR updates, which we didn't get there. We thought there might be some clues. You know, we believe there's a headset coming and that could be the next big thing. Is that something that you were hoping for? I mean, I, I imagine the ability to tell some of those stories in augmented and virtual reality could potentially be very powerful. Absolutely. So right now we're building an immersive online, offline ecosystem for girls. So we're integrating our books and our audio stories with our app. So you can scan a QR code on a book and it takes you to the expanded audio story on the app. At some point in the future, you can imagine also living and seeing these stories in AR and VR. What's your take on the controversy around the App Store, the commissions that it takes? Do you believe that it's fair? Well, as a small business, less is more for us. <laughs> but really, I mean, there is a huge controversy around that, and I, don't, I wonder if does that at all you know, make you want to develop for other platforms or no, the Apple platform is so valuable and it's worth the rent essentially that you pay to use it. The Apple platform is incredibly valuable and they bring an audience and they support their developers and that is worth paying a premium for. Bigger picture, back to your mission, there's been this concern about women and girls potentially backsliding in the pandemic. What's your view on that? Have we lost progress over the last couple of years? Absolutely. No? Okay, how so? Absolutely. You see it across the board. You see it what's happening in schools with kids being behind. You see women dropping out of the workforce. Last year, only 2% of venture funding went to women, which was even lower than the year before. Mm -hmm. I think it's absolutely time for us to step up and do more for girls, for women to advance society. What's the, I'm a mom. What's the secret? When my daughter turns six, what should I do differently? Well, <laughs> you should read her Rebel Girl stories, right. for one. Have her I listen have, to them. I have a few. I, I have the I books. love to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, help her develop her confidence. Find the thing that makes her really tick and lean into that, right? The thing that makes her smile, whether it's sports or music or math or bugs or whatever, bring that out in her, encourage that, encourage her to build her confidence in that. And from there, she can go on and become an amazing human. All right. 
Jess Wolf, uh, CEO of Rebel Girls. Thank you so much for, for blazing that trail and helping to tell those stories. Thanks, Appreciate Emily. It. Thank you for joining us. All right, big updates to the Apple Wallet and the ability to buy anything anywhere they accept Apple Pay in four supposedly very easy installments. How much could this shake up the fintech world? That is next. This is Bloomberg. Time now for our crypto report in Bloomberg Shanali Basic with me now. Shanali, we're seeing a bit of a rebound in Bitcoin. What's driving that? Yeah, something that's interesting is it's not just a little rebound, it's more than a 5% rebound that you saw over the 24-hour period. Bitcoin has been rising since a drop-off late last week, back now over that 3,100 level. You have at about 31,600 nearly. But listen, something interesting about this too is that it's also driving back up prices on Bitcoin-related stocks. Bitcoin trades 24-7. However, the stock market being open helps some stocks regain some of the losses that they had seen last week. Think the likes of Coinbase, uh, which had risen more today, Riot Blockchain, MicroStrategy. Something I want to point out, Emily, though, is that even though some of those stocks saw a bit of a boost today with that 5% rise in Bitcoin, those stocks had an even steeper drop off on Friday, while Bitcoin dropped about 2% on Friday, you saw an even steeper drop in those stocks. So question here about how exposed a lot of companies are as some exchange volumes show much lighter volumes this year than they did the year prior. Shanali, is there still pessimism after this most recent rally? Yeah, something interesting about that, I look at what, for example, Lee Drogan over at Starkiller Capital was saying online today, that he wouldn't be surprised that the crypto conference curse continues with consensus and that the market gets slaughtered late next week for another leg down. Just earlier today, I was with another fund manager that said that they are calculating how long a crypto winter could really last. Can it last not just another couple months, but could it last a couple of years? That will be the discussion moving forward and what happens should we see such a sustained downturn. All right, Shanali, thanks so much. I want to welcome Bloomberg Intelligence's Julie Shariel now to talk about some of the developments when it comes to fintech and Apple. But first of all, Julie, should we be, should we be waiting for Apple's crypto play? I guess the sense of urgency is a little bit off for them now. Uh, these days with, with prices being down. Nobody who does hold, hold crypto right now wants to necessarily use it to buy things, given how it's devalued. 
Um, but crypto payments down the road will definitely be interesting, and I'd expect Apple to be a player there. Still a really small market, about $16 billion last year made in crypto payments to merchants from consumers. So still not a huge market, but an opportunity down the road. So let's talk about what Apple is doing, and that is Apple Pay Later, announcing this ability to pay later for you know, anything you buy via Apple Pay in four installments. Take a listen to what they had to say about it. Apple Pay Later lets you split the cost of an Apple Pay purchase into four equal payments spread over six weeks with zero interest and no fees of any kind. And Apple Pay Later is available everywhere Apple Pay is accepted, in apps and online. So Julie, this is taking on companies like Affirm and Klarna and Block, which bought Afterpay. How big a market do you think this could be for Apple? I mean, the buy now, pay later market is quite large. Uh, so it's a great opportunity, lots of consumer demand for this new way to pay. The question is, how, how many more players, right, are going to get involved? And we think that answer is a lot. Right? We think that buy now, pay later essentially is going to be table stakes when it comes to making payments. Everyone and anyone is going to offer it online and now increasingly in store. So important move for Apple. They, they should be there. It's, it's what consumers want. Merchants like it because it helps to improve cart conversion. Uh, they should be there. But pretty soon we're going to see buy now, pay later options on all of the credit cards um, and all of the debit cards um, from our banks and so on uh, that we're used to carrying. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a matter of which which one do you want to choose? Julie, you know, kind of the oligopoly here. How much does it matter the partnerships that Apple is able to make? I think of an Affirm and the partnership they have with Spotify and and Amazon. And you look at Amazon and you wonder, can two big tech companies get it together here to play nice in a field like this? Do they need to strike massive partnerships to succeed? Partnerships with merchants are important, but they're especially important for those pure play emerging buy now, pay later companies like Affirm and Afterpay and Klarna, because they had to put themselves on the map, right? They had to earn the trust of consumers. And by being on a merchant's website, you, it helps to earn that trust. Apple, I think, already generally has that. They already have millions of merchants on their platform who are accepting Apple Pay. So it's not too high of a hurdle uh, for those merchants to now um, continue to offer Afterpay, sorry, Apple Pay. And if you haven't, then now you will because you want that access to buy now, pay later. What we see from merchants is they're willing to put almost any payment option um, on their websites um, and increasingly at the point of sale uh, to get a consumer to make that payment. Apple's in good shape. Julie, there's, Julie there's been some skepticism about these buy now, pay later services. You've got regulators taking a look. Are there any negative consequences as an individual to just saying, hey, I'm going to pay in four installments, no late fees, no interest. But is there a downside for me? So for the consumer, it is, a, it is just a much easier way to pay because you can spread things out a little bit without spreading them out too much that you potentially lose track or fall into, uh, into, into trouble getting overextended. 
where the risk comes in is if you take on too many of these small loans, right? And, and you see that in the next two weeks or the next four weeks, all of a sudden you have a number of installments coming due and that gets hard to manage. For the, the, the offer, the providers of buy now, pay later, right? They have the risk. I may know how much installment credit you have with me, but I may not know how much you have with two or three other providers of, of installment credit. Um, and that's where the visibility can come into play and cause some problems. I think it's an area that where Apple is pretty well situated though, uh, because they have experience with the Apple card, right? Already making credit decisions. And most importantly, they have this huge base of a billion users. They see their transactions. Um, they, they see what they're doing uh, on a regular basis through Apple Pay. Um, they can get comfortable with their financial uh, sort of give and take over the course of the month that way and can make better decisions in granting installment credit to those users. All right, Julie Shario, Bloomberg Intelligence, along with our own Shanali Basik, thank you both. And with changes to Apple Wallet, including Apple Pay Later, um, I'm gonna be joined by Affirm's co-founder and CEO, Max Levchin. What does this mean for Affirm? We'll get his thoughts coming up on Bloomberg Technology Tuesday. And we'll have more from WWDC with a closer look at the hardware and the new MacBook Air and MacBook Pro up next right here on the show. This is Bloomberg. Welcome back to a special edition of Bloomberg Technology at Apple Park for WWDC in Cupertino, California. I'm joined now by Bob O'Donnell, the founder and chief analyst and president of Technalysis Research. So obviously a lot to talk about today. What struck you as the most significant of everything that we saw Apple unveil? You know, I think the most interesting thing was actually something that really is going to get talked about, and that is the fact that Apple is working with industry organizations for things like the Matter Smart Home Standard, as well as for passwordless. And I know those things are going to impact us later, but they signal an Apple that's willing to play with other people. And that's not something we've seen a lot of Apple. So let's talk about passwordless first. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've had to change my iCloud password because <laughs> I, I forget, because of I just course. don't go back to it that often, for example. You know, what is Apple doing here? And why is it so significant? Well, what they're doing is they're working with this organization called the FIDO Alliance. And it happens to have Microsoft and Google and all the big players in there. And they're all working towards the ability to use biometrics uh, to get into a system, but more importantly, to be able to save that and use it across multiple devices, multiple operating systems, multiple websites. So it becomes like a digital identity that you can use as a mechanism for getting in. And that's a huge step forward. And let's talk about Matter and the home. I'm glad you mentioned that because yep. we haven't really gotten to the smart home yet. Yeah. You know, the criticism is that it's just taking so long to yeah. get these smart home technologies to really go 
mainstream. How many people are actually taking advantage of this? Well, and that's the problem, right? Because, and you could argue, well, is this a reflection of HomeKit really not really doing the, what people thought it would? It is a little bit. But it's, again, the bigger issue is when it comes to smart home, Apple recognized they needed to play with the other guys. They needed to play with Google. They needed to play with Amazon and allow all of these devices to interact. And because they're doing that, that makes things significantly easier for people to pull this all together. Again, it's going to take a little while before mm -hmm. we get all the benefits. But the fact that Apple's willing to do that, I think, is reflective of something very different from them. You also have Apple trying to take on more real estate on the dashboard yes. in your car. Will and they succeed? So CarPlay, again, if we're going to talk long-term strategic impact, that CarPlay announcement is huge. The question will be, you know, how much are the car makers going to be willing to do that? And simple things like, hey, when I turn the car on, whose logo do I see? And who, who do I interact with? Because this has been the concern that the car makers have had with using Google or Apple, like, hey, we don't want to lose our identity. We want, you know, we're our brand, and we want that to carry through. And so there is a big question of how far that goes, but watch that one. That is going to be interesting. Now, you and I both got to see the new MacBooks, yes. and I believe there was even an, an appearance from Tim Cook, yes. who showed up to give a little wave. Yes. <laughs> to the crowd, you know, what do you think of the new devices? Well, they're beautiful machines, right? I mean, the M2 is arguably, you know, an incremental change, but it is a step forward. But that MacBook Air is an absolutely beautiful design. And, and it's sexy and it's cool, and it's the kind of thing people are looking for from Apple. And they want to see hardware improvements. And that's the kind of thing that someone can walk away from the show going, okay, cool, I see, I know what I'm going to get mm -hmm. next. And again, during the pandemic, computers became so much more important to so many people. So having a new computer, a new design, faster performance, that's exactly what Apple needed to now, do. Now, we've seen Apple taking greater control of privacy, privacy yes. first, which impacts a whole bunch of technology companies. We also saw some updates to the lock screen. You know, it's all surrounding this, this idea of focus and yeah. letting you be able to like use your phone as a glance, at a glance, but right. not get lost right. in it you know what's your take on these developments I, I think they're important because you know unfortunately people are getting obsessed with their phones and they're right. getting so connected to these phones that they can't pull themselves away from it and so little steps like that to hide some of the notifications only show them when you need them bring in additional widgets to customize the lock screen all those things have an influence on how people use their device and the nice thing is and this is why people like Apple, is I get those benefits even if I don't buy a brand new iPhone, I, I, even if I have a three or four year old one. And is, is there a, a little bit of hypocrisy here? Because, you know, Apple's making it easier to use the phone, but harder to use everything else. <laughs> well, it's a fair point. Right. I mean, obviously I, I, I want it to be yeah. genuine, right? Right. Well, I mean, look, what they're ultimately, I think, trying to do is how can they get people to get addicted but not too addicted in a weird way? Um, and they want to get the ability to use their devices across other elements. You know, for example, the, the ability to use your iPhone as a webcam with a Mac was a really cool way of tying their devices together. They've been trying to do that for years. 
figure out ways, what little technology can we do to bring this in uh, so that people want to use more of our own devices? So you're exactly right. I mean, they're trying to get people to do it, but they also recognize, hey, in some ways we've created a problem. What can we do to sort of step that back a little bit in terms of keeping things under control and, and make it more of a glancing-like device, like you said? So what is this signal to you about what's coming in the fall? Uh, well, the signal is obviously we're going to see a new, a new iPhone, right? And uh, there'll be new devices there. Uh, my guess is now that the M2 is out of the bag, I think we'll see, you know, additional uh, iterations of M2-based devices. We'll see a new iMac. We'll see uh, probably, maybe we'll finally see the Mac Pro that people have been waiting for. That's the last piece of the Mac puzzle that doesn't have an M-series chip. Um, and... I, you know, I don't think we're going to see anything on AR for a while because that's the big What's question. What's a while? Mark. How many years out is this? Uh, it's next year. I, my it's, guess it's is next year? you and I will sit on this stage together next year and we'll be talking about AR. That's my guess. Why not yet? If Facebook's doing it now, because, sorry, Meta. No, it's Meta's fine. Meta's doing it now. Because remember that Meta is doing VR fully encompassed, in your face, cuts off the world. AR where I'm looking outside, I can see what's going on around me, but I get you know, a little bit more information is much harder to do. So should we be thinking FaceTime in VR, Maps in VR, I'm thinking, Apple TV Plus, Fitness no, Plus in VR? What, what? I'm thinking I'm looking around right. and I see that person and their name shows up on my, on my screen. I'm like, oh yeah, that's that person's name that I recognize, you know, at a trade show. You see all these people that are out of context can't remember who they are and it does recognition because it's in your contacts hmm. and it tells you that or you look at a building or you look uh, you know you're traveling somewhere and you say what is that and you look at it and it tells you hmm. so it's not that it necessarily gives you all of that stuff in 3d but it overlays enhances your visual experience that's Bob what I O'Donnell think. of technalysis <laughs> we're going to talk in a year and see if your predictions were true thank you so much for you're joining welcome. us it's good to see you here in person and thank you all for watching a special edition of Bloomer Technology live from WWDC. We've got a great show coming up tomorrow as well. Max Levchin, uh, you don't see him on that graphic, but he'll be joining us to talk about this whole Apple Pay Later situation and more. This is Bloomberg. This pair of mangoes just sold for 500,000 yen. That's almost $4,000. These are not just any mangoes. They are Taiyo no Tamago, or Egg of the Sun. Stunning, plump, red, perfectly unscratched, and incredibly sweet mangoes that are farmed in the Miyazaki Prefecture of Japan. Every April, the best mangoes from the prefecture are auctioned off 
and Miyazaki Central Wholesale Market. But although farmers in Miyazaki dedicate an entire year to preparing these mangoes for auction, there's no guarantee that the fruit will fetch such a high price. That's because, before reaching the auctioning table, a mango has to be perfect, inside and out. So why are Taiyo no Tamago mangoes so difficult to grow? And what makes them so expensive? Mangoes farmed in Miyazaki are from the Irwin mango variety, a type often referred to as apple mango, as it turns red when ripe. Irwin mangoes are actually pretty common, and are also grown in other parts of the world and sold at much lower prices. This is because the exclusivity of Taiyo no Tamago is not tied to which type of mango it is, but rather to the care it receives. In order to generate buzz at the auction, a mango needs bees. To increase their odds of success, Farmers like Takuya usually rent bees during the flowering season. These are flowering mango plants. Bees play a crucial role in the pollination of the plants, as without them, mangoes would not grow as big as desired. これをまだ鳴らした方がいいからっていうのでならしてるんですよ。普段も落とすんですよ、これ。だからあの、マンゴーの子としてはこれ作り用じゃダメなんですね。と、蜜蜂が交配しない場合はあの、こういう小さい実
If a mango slumps into the shade, Takuya will tie it with a string to bring it back up. And to make sure that sunlight touches every part of the fruit equally, he developed these light reflectors out of milk cartons. で、この紫のところがあの軸すと赤くなるんですけど緑の部分が多いとですね、この下の方が熟しても黄色色なんでできるだけ全てを赤にするためにあの反射板をつけています。多分パック使われる方は今のところいないんじゃないですかね。Regardless of how much it's worth, Takuya treats every mango with respect. In return, every mango repays him with a unique flavor. 甘みと酸味がある感じですね。フルーティーです。表面にあの傷が入ってますし、赤みも下の方まで入ってないんで、これは太陽の卵にはならないと思います。Takuya <笑> has been growing mangoes for 16 years, a craft he learned from his father. This year, he grew 9,500 mangoes in his greenhouse. They're now ready to be inspected to see how many of them have earned the coveted Tayo no Tamago title. First inspection is done by human eye. Inspectors closely analyze each mango's appearance to ensure they are red all throughout with no hints of green at the bottom. Then a machine sorts them according to sugar content, weight, and size. These inspections sort the mangoes into five grades, two of which are Tayo no Tamago. The mangoes will now make their way to Miyazaki Central Wholesale Market for the auction. All the care and hard work that Takuya and other farmers in the prefecture put into their fruit are leading up to this very moment. The hope is to match or exceed the previous figure of 500,000 yen. 
当その時の,あのやっぱ出される方ってみんなこうライバルみたいに感じなんでやっぱ頑張んなきゃいけないなっていうのはすごい思いますね。The auction has officially begun at the Miyazaki Central Wholesale Market. This year's 500,000 yen is 300,000 yen higher than last year and matches the 2019 record. And the farmer who grew these mangoes is. Takuya. It's It's the third year in a row his mangoes fetched the highest price at the auction. They have been bought by a department store in Fukuoka. So, it's more like a Today's outcome was a successful one for Takuya. But even in a country with a strong gift giving culture like Japan, it's not always guaranteed that such a luxury fruit will find a buyer at auction. まあ、いろんな消費者も物価が上がって大変だと思うんですけど、あの、頑張って、やっぱり市場の人がですね、まあ、販売して、中卸の人が買ってもらってですね、やっぱ、マンゴーファンがいるんだなと。こんな状況で
スポーツやってたんであの負けず嫌いなところがあってやっぱ人よりいいものを作りたいっていうのはあるんですねそれがいいのかもしれないですねFirst event will be hosted this week. Jamie, huge developments, weren't they, in the last hour? Yeah, absolutely, Rob. That was really the sort of bombshell, jaw-dropping, everybody having an in you know, audible intake of breath around the room moment when Dustin Johnson announced that he was resigning his PGA Tour membership. He joined the likes of Kevin Nash, Charles Schwartzel, Brandon Grace, Sergio Garcia and Louis Oosthuizen, now six of them having resigned their PGA Tour membership, such as their desire to play in this Live Golf Series. The man at the moment is right behind me on the range right now. You can just see him going through his paces here. In the sunshine at Centurion Club, and it was a, a real moment where a lot of journalists around the room looked at each other and went, did he really just say that? Dustin Johnson giving up his PGA Tour membership. That means he won't be playing at the Travellers' Championship in a couple of weeks' time, the next event on the PGA Tour, an event he won just two years ago. It means he won't be playing in the President's Cup later this year at Quail Hollow, and it means, as things stand, that he will not be playing in the Ryder Cup next year in Rome. Remember, he went 5-0, as they say in American parlance, playing all five sessions, winning all five matches at the Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits just a few months ago. But Zach Johnson will not have his namesake, Dustin Johnson, there in Rome next year as things stand. This was the moment that DJ revealed his decision to the packed press conference room. For right now, um, you know, I resigned my membership from the tour. I'm, I'm going to play here, um, you know, for now, and that's, that's the plan. Um, you know, but what the consequences are going to be, I, obviously I can't comment on how the tour is going to handle. So that makes you ineligible for the Ryder Cup, and was that a big decision for you? It was, um, but hopefully, obviously, you know, all, um, all things are, you know, subject to change. That wasn't the only talking point, was it, Jamie? The three major winners uh, were also asked for their thoughts on the Saudi regime and their human rights record. What did they have to say on that? Look, this is a question that these guys know they're now going to get asked in every press conference every time they turn up to one of these events. Probably they've been the questions that have been put to Greg Norman over the last few months as well. It's not just in golf. Anytime a boxing fight goes to Saudi Arabia or the Formula One circus turns up in Saudi Arabia or anytime Eddie Howe gives a press conference at Newcastle United, they get asked difficult questions about the brutal, murderous regime in Saudi Arabia. They're big boys. They expect these questions. They know they're going to come and they don't really have much of an answer to them. The answer 
mantra always seems to be, well, we're not politicians, we're sportsmen. But nowadays, sport and politics are inextricably linked and they're going to have to accept that they're going to have to face some tough questions. And they all sort of looked at each other, didn't know who was going to speak first. Graham McDowell was eventually the one who did speak out. I mean, listen, I mentioned it earlier, this has been incredibly polarizing. Um, you know, I think we all agree up here, take the Khashoggi situation, we all agreed that that was reprehensible. No one's going to argue that fact. But we're golfers, you know, and I, I, you know, we, you know, speaking personally, I really feel like, you know, golf's a force of good in the world. Um, I just try to be a great role model to kids. I know what the game of golf has taught me. And uh, I, I love using the game of golf as, as a, you know, as something to, to, to kind of uh, help grow around the world. That's pretty much what we've done for the last 20 years, be role models to kids, try and uh, use this game, like I say, as a, as a force of good, really. So, you know, we're not, you know, we're not politicians. I know you guys hate that expression, but you know, we're really not, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, we're professional golfers. And... Uh, you know, if Saudi Arabia wanted to use the game of golf as, as, a, as a way for them to get to where they want to be and they have the resources to accelerate that experience, you know, I think we're, we're proud to help them on that journey. Just well, whilst we're talking about Graham McDowell as well, obviously he is a Ryder Cup legend as well, hold the winning putt in 2010 at Celtic Manor. He's played in three other Ryder Cup teams as well. He was vice-captain last year, Whistling Straits, vice-captain, that incredible win for the European team in Paris as well under Thomas Bjorn. And the likes of Graham McDowell, Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood, Sergio Garcia, Martin Keimer all playing this week. Well, there you've got five potential captains in the next 10 or 12 years to come. And they've potentially given up any chance of being a Ryder Cup captain as well by playing in this Live Golf Series. So that's a question that I'll be putting to some of those boys when I see them a little bit later on as well. But, you know, they spoke at the very start of the press conference today, Rob, about why they're doing this. They were asked, why are you here? And they said it's about an exciting new format which delivers something to the fans you know, 72-hole stroke plays awfully boring to watch week in, week out, and this will be great and exciting to watch, and teams are involved. You know, I think that is a bit of an insult to the intelligence of a lot of the people who are in that room. We're not stupid. We know why the majority of these guys are here, and that is purely for the money. It is purely greed. That question I put to them, and I think you can read between the lines with the answers that were given. I'm sorry if this is a bit of a crass question to ask, but it is essentially about the money. That's why you're here first and foremost, isn't it? I made the decision, uh, was a decision between me and my wife and what's best for where I was right now and, and um, you know, we're going to grab it and, and, and play and, and yeah, and that, I'm a professional golfer, you know, this is decent money we're going to play for, so why not? I've done well on the PGA Tour, um, obviously, we, you all know that, um, very thankful for what they've given me too, uh, but this was, yeah, it's just something different, um, you know, I'm with Louie. I don't want to play golf for the rest of my life, uh, you know, which I've felt like I was, you know, probably going to have to do. You know, we're running a business here. You know, it's like the sacrifice that we make being away from our families, 30, 35. You know, I hate using the word sacrifice right here, playing golf for a living. You know, it's a, it's a pretty sweet life. But um, still, you know, you're away from your family 30, 35 weeks a year. It has to be worth it financially. Otherwise... <laughs> It's a big sacrifice that you're making for no return, you know. So you're always weighing up from a business point of view what, what, what is the best 
financial outcome for me for my time spent. There we go. Uh, the thoughts from your question there, Jamie. Uh, right, no sign of uh, Phil Mickelson uh, today, is there? When can we expect to see him? Yeah, Phil Mickelson, as I understand it, is literally mid-air as things stand at the moment. He's on a flight over from San Diego. He'll be touching down at Heathrow a little bit later on this evening and making his way straight to the draft. This is the other exciting thing that they're, they're shouting from the rooftops about this week, that the players are drafted into these 12 teams of four. So he'll be heading straight from the airport, straight to the draft this evening. Greg Norman will be there as well. He's not here today either. He's preparing for that draft. But Phil Mickelson will be facing the media tomorrow, and it'll be the first time in four months that anybody's had heard head nor tail from the one of the greatest players to have ever picked up a golf club. So that press conference tomorrow is going to be absolutely fascinating. We saw Phil Mickelson's statement yesterday where he spoke about the fact that he's been taking time in the game, away from the game. He's been having therapy. He spoke about how much money he's made in the PGA Tour, but this is the right time for him. He spoke about the fact that he's planning to play in the majors. We understand he's going to be at Brookline next week for the US Open as well. But it'll be fascinating to hear what he has to say in his press conference tomorrow. He opened up also to, to Bob Harrig from Sports Illustrated about his gambling problems, which was in this recent book written about Phil as well. And he said, I have lost an awful lot of money gambling, but we've drawn a line under that now and I'm ready to move on with my life. I can imagine that that press conference tomorrow with Phil Mickelson is going to be pretty spicy, Rob. Look forward to that one. Jamie, thank you very much. Choosing Comcast Business Internet means choosing advanced cybersecurity and fiber solutions with speeds up to 10 gigs. Available to more small businesses than any other provider. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary. Comcast Business. Powering possibilities. This summer, get road trip ready with the brake experts at Midas. With up to $100 back on two-axle brake service when you use your Midas credit card. So you can make sure every stop on your road trip is one you want to make. Request your appointment today at Midas.com. It's time for Mac Break Weekly. Andy, Renee, Alex, all here. It's one of those slow days just before the Worldwide Developers Conference. We'll talk about some rumors about what Apple might be announcing June 6th at WWDC. Also, some changes in Apple management. An ode to Tim Cook and a farewell to one of the greats in the Mac community. It's all coming up next on Mac Break Weekly podcasts you love from people you trust this is twit this is mac break weekly episode 819 recorded tuesday may 24th 2022 become one with the upset mac break weekly is brought to you by it pro tv Give your team an engaging IT development platform to level up their skills. Volume discounts start at five seats. Go to itpro.tv slash MacBreak and be sure to mention MacBreak30 to your IT Pro TV account executive to get 30% off or more on a business plan. And by 8sleep. Go to 8sleep.com slash MacBreak for exclusive Memorial Day savings through June 6th. Cool down this summer with 8sleep, now shipping within the U.S., Canada, and the UK. And if you're listening after June 6th, use the same URL to check out the Pod Pro cover and save $150 at checkout. And by Collide. 
Get endpoint management that puts the user first. Visit Collide, K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash MacBreak to learn more and activate a free 14-day trial today. No credit card required. It's time for MacBreak Weekly. This is the show where we cover the non-news from Apple all this month. Actually, for a couple more weeks anyway. That's Andy Anako chortling away in the background. He will not be at a loss for words during today's program. Hello, Andrew. No, not 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 with that report about rumors uh, back, backstage about the development of Apple's AR goggles. Oh boy, I I've got a great feeling about that about that product. Well, we're good. We're going to talk about it. That's good. We're going to talk about it. Yeah, Renee Ritchie, YouTube.com slash Renee Ritchie. Hello, Renee. I, I'm wearing them right now, Leo. You can't tell because they have a screen on the outside mirroring my face. I'm wearing them right now. <laughs> <laughs> also, there's Dub Dub. To be fair, like they just put out a Dub Dub press release, so we have a little bit. Oh, okay. I'll go run and get yeah. that while we right. say hello to Alex <laughs> Lindsay, officehours.global. Hello, hello. It's good to be here. Talk a little longer because I'm going to the Apple newsroom right now. <laughs> <laughs> Apple.com slash newsroom. Read the between full top, story. Here we go. Between Top Gun and the and the, and the Bob's Burgers movie, who is okay with being suddenly okay with being back in a movie theater again? I'm so on the fence. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be good and say no. We're not, I shouldn't be back in a theater. We rented yet. one. We rented one, which is, was surprisingly yeah. affordable if you have enough people. I refuse to be held hostage by Tom Cruise. I'm going to watch it streaming. I don't care what he says. So there. I would like to be rescued by, from hostage to because I believe he's the I'm one actor who could actually pull that off. Yeah. Everything, everywhere, all the time, always. I forget the exact title of that movie, but everyone I know tells oh, me yeah. I have to go see that immediately. Yeah, and we also decided times. not to go to a theater to see that. It closed Petaluma last week, and and we'll be watching okay. that on streaming, too. I have a perfectly good yeah. home theater. I have no <laughs> desire to go to a movie theater. Sorry, Do you have Alex Tom. Lindsay sitting on top of your projector adjusting it for you in real yes, time? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Actually, yes, perfect. I did perfect. have a team of like four people come in and adjust the projector because it's, it's very finicky. It's a short throw projector and mm-hmm. it's a special screen. And it all has to be just so. And, you know, that was a couple of years ago. And now it's just all whopper jawed and it's but I, I just pretend. <laughs> I, I don't mean. I don't, like a new car, you clean it for the it's week. It's all Keystone and messed up. And but I. But honestly, you know. once you once you get that smoothing turned on, oh my oh. god, the experience! Oh, I, 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 I'm never going you? back to. A, I just want. I just want to see someone's head smoothing. Boom! <laughs> Apple's worldwide developer conference kicks off June 6th with keynote address. Well, there's the first revelation. We're, we're it will be a keynote. It's, 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 it's Good they're, morning. They're, they're going to have an event on the same day and the same time that they have it every year. Good so morning. Good morning. Uh, it's 10 a.m. Pacific. Uh, it'll stream on Apple.com. And, of course, we'll do our thing here as usual. Uh, that's a Monday. That is a little bit of a change, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not for a dub-dub. Not, dub-dub not recently. Monday. Yeah. It's the rest that are all Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 Platform State of the Union follows immediately after at 1 p.m. Pacific. The Design Awards That's that night. Stuff, Leo. This is always the, the same. The State of the Union is like the second keynote, but it's yeah. all the good stuff. It's, it's all the, the developer te- framework. Technical stuff, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, it's Craig It's Craig Federici's vice president. So it's like uh, Stefan and um, Sebastian, and they come out and they tell you about all the, like how the stuff actually works that they just went through quickly during the main well, keynote. Well, I do have a, a Hair Force One's uh, accidental leak last year on the uh, whiteboard. <laughs> At Apple, uh, of of top secret features. You think it's a double bluff for WWDC twenty two. Haircut reminder: use front facing camera. Personal yeah, hologram yeah. video call stand in. I wonder if they're intentionally burying some actual like 
tidbits in here. Dog AirPods. Do we call them AirBuds? Does Siri speak dog? Autonomous phone retrieval. Find me? Personal stylist feature. Scroll to recharge. That's my favorite. And then Mac OS brainstorming. Mac OS Zeppelin. Mac OS Big Fish. Big Fun. I can't read it. His hands in front. Upgrades to health. It's getting hard to read here. Uh, obviously, this is a joke. Yeah. Well, the thing is, remember for years and years and years, uh, Steve Jobs during his keynotes was like secretly dog fooding keynote. Right. Like they didn't, we it wasn't announced. Maybe this is, they're developing a whiteboard or something. And we're dog them fooding the dog the, butts. The live, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them. They're, they're clever. Uh, the rumor, one rumor we did hear is that Apple is going to put a screen on the front of the A. So. <laughs> First of all, credible that they would say something next week about the AR goggles. Is that reasonable? Mm, I'm, I'm voting. AR kit. Yeah. AR kit, yeah. yeah. I, I would be surprised. Yeah. No hardware. Right. Even though Mark Gurman says they showed them to the board of directors last week. Eh. But they had iPhones for like a year before the announcement. Even Eric Schmidt got an iPhone like oh. way before they yeah. were publicly okay. announced. Okay. Uh, boy, you're really raining on my parade today. I'm sorry, Leo. I apologize. Will they They have a screen on the front? The Apple car will be on stage. The rumor was that uh, there will be 14 Was it 14 screens? 14 cameras. Cameras. Cameras cameras facing out and facing in. Yeah. Partly so that, well, uh, there was a conversation, a very rational conversation happening amongst all designers as hardware saying, yeah, but one of the big stumbling blocks is that, like, when you're wearing them, like, outside or in a group of people, like, you're you're wearing these blindfolds and no one can interact with you. And rather than them, and according to the story, rather than them saying, yeah, you're right, I guess this this is kind of a dumb idea and we need to sort of navigate around that, they said, no problem. We'll have outward-facing LCD screens with video <laughs> images of your eyes, so you can still have That's that eye contact. Not the least bit creepy. Oh, I don't. Can you uh, is imagine that what if there is like significant I, I, latency the, with the blinking? <laughs> like just yeah. you're all. Off Did they say they were putting LED, bit? LCDs on the on no, the? No, there, there's, there's a rumor. There's a story. There's, there's a story in a in a newsletter called uh, Puck that I wasn't fami- wasn't right. familiar with that had a long, long history of, of the development of right. AR glasses. Nine to five Mac and a whole bunch of other, a couple others like. Summarized it and also expand, it expanded upon it. Yeah, uh, and yeah. so it's it basically it basically the the storyline is that it's been go, it's been a, a, a very active for five or six years. There have been fights between the design the, the advanced technology group, like the research people and the design people, with Johnny Ive at that point being the head of uh, user interface and basically anything that's supposed to be pretty, making all the final decisions. And as a result. Again, it's 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 bad to make any judgment about something that Apple hasn't announced based on us based on a news story that you don't know exactly where it's coming from. But there's nothing revelatory about it that would get one excited about what's happening in this well, space. I, for I, the, the reason I asked is that I, I did read the article and I thought that when they were talking about inward, I, I know that the reason that you want inward cameras right. is not so much to put not so much to put your eyes on the front, which would be super weird. Um, it is to get. Uh, all the expressions from your eyes because they want to put them into emojis or or to, uh, to or, you know I don't know about Apple wants where, where Apple wants to put them but other people want to track your eye and pocket. If you ever wanted to be Gollum useful. in Lord of the Rings, it'd be very handy as well. Yeah, 
Yeah. But yeah. yeah the, the interesting exactly. thing is there was also a rumor about e-ink displays on the on the outside of a folding Apple phone. So maybe they're the same rumor, and there'll be an e-ink display on the outside of the VR headset that'll update that'll your really facial funny. expressions excruciatingly slowly. <laughs> yeah. So 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 mostly you can get like your eyes looking like like death from the, the death of the endless in the in the Sandman. Book. It was reported like, previously though, white, like Alex Heath for. Alex Heath, when he was reporting on it, I think, I forget, he moves around so much. He might have been a business insider, he might have been at Verge, might have been at CNBC. He, he gets around that there were external displays and nobody could figure out what they were for. And some people thought they would show you charging status while, you, while the headset was off or show you notifications while the headset was off. But you can just see a meeting somewhere with some people going, no, they're not human enough. You've got to be able to see what the world is outside you and the world's got to see what's inside you. So all we do is make a virtual glass between the two and then it'll right, be perfect. Yeah. They'll see your eyes, what, and you'll see their face, what? It is kind of no, weird, you know, in the new Oc, in the in the quests, you know, they have outward and it, it, you feel like you're in the Lord of the Rings. It, it's like it's like when you put the ring on, it's like this everything's kind of like washy and black and white and you, you can see yeah. out into it. Wraith but world. it's but it's still yeah, it's it's very it's right. very Wraith world like. So it's um yeah. but but I think that, you know, the the, the the thing that is important to, uh, as we read all of these things is that you know, I've worked in and out of the development of a lot of these uh headsets, not not Apple's, I don't have any idea what they're doing, but um, this is really hard. Like it is like what they're trying to do and what everyone's trying to do is, is taken billions and billions of dollars of development. And most people have had some version of a dead end. Um, and it's just, it's really, really hard to do. And, and I think that most people know that at some point it's going to be pretty interesting. It depends on the, you know, I think that Apple's probably going to lean more towards the Google, um, side of things than the Facebook side. The Facebook side is kind of like, we want to put you in this and have you stay there forever. Um, the, uh, Google side is more of like, this is a momentary experience, you know, that you're going to put it on and experience something and then take it off and go back to what you're doing. And I think that Apple, my guess is, is that it's going to probably go, more in the you're going to put it on as a add-on to other experiences as opposed to uh, it's where you're going to dwell, which is I think Facebook is going more towards the dwell. Mm, it's, hard, it's hard to say. We've again we're only going from rumors, but mostly we're talk, we're the, the 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 designs we've been seeing so far point to uh, fully immersive VR. Uh, or it may be something that is kind of like what uh, the Oculus does, where much, much better 4K cameras are giving you live video of what you would be seeing if you yeah. did not have this thing in front of your face. Uh, the, I mean, the, the question for me is that there are companies that are, it is hot, hot, hot development. Every, Qualcomm has has samples of what they're working on. Many, many other companies have uh, production samples of what they want to aim for. And they're all aiming for enterprise, uh, government, uh, military, healthcare, uh, factories. It's a, it's a great, great solution that people are that companies are actually buying for things like for things like doing a mil, doing a checkout of a of, of a uh, of, of an airplane before flight where there's an immense list there's a big book of checklists of maintenance things that have to be done and the ability to simply have even if it costs three thousand dollars to have this thing on the worker's face if that allows them to process this checklist much much faster and get that paperwork process much much faster because it's being checked off as they're doing it that's worth the money the 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 worry that I have is that if Apple really is headed, if Apple is aiming that towards a real consumer experience, they will be deuced, they something that goes beyond gaming, they will be trying something that's unprecedented. Apple's good at that, but let's just acknowledge that, as you, as you say, Alex, it's very, very difficult and they'd be doing something that's unprecedented. And I think that it's going to also be high-end consumer. I think that if if this gets, if this headset, if it exists, 
comes out at less than three thousand dollars, I'll be pretty amazed. Um, the, I think that I think it's going to be three to five thousand. In fact, uh, three to five thousand for this developer edition. Right. Um, the they're going to call the developer the edition, edition, and then they're going to sell. There was apparently a big argument about the battery life, too, where some people were saying they wanted to have recharge, like changeable batteries, user-changeable batteries, so people could wear it for eight hours. And other people saying, we're not Facebook. We don't want to create an alternate world for people. Right. We don't want them to live in this. We want them to use it like an Apple TV, <laughs> put on something fun, and then get out. So if the battery has to be recharged after two hours or three hours, that's fine. That's actually probably better for their health. And it sounds like that's the group that's winning right now. Yeah, as well as well as the idea of do we have all the processing and all the battery on board, or do we have it communicating with a, a companion device or a phone uh, to get to share some of the the processing power? And that's another idea where it seems as though no, we want this to be an entirely self-contained device that doesn't re- like an Apple Watch that doesn't necessarily require an external device to function at all. Which is another thing that's again, it's interesting. There's no right or wrong way to do it, but it, the, the when you when you have a device that can only be used for an hour and a half or two hours at a time. You are absolutely doing that because you have an idea of how you're going to be explaining this to potential customers. And those customers, the use case is being, nope, that's perfectly fine. We're going to have just a, we're going to have a cart where people, when they go onto the flight deck, they grab a pair of goggles off the charging cart. And then after they do their hours worth of work, they come back off the flight line and they drop those goggles right back in the cart, for instance. Well, well and they I had like WWDC and I, 2017 and they had this whole announcement with Valve and Valve was gearing up to do all this VR stuff with Apple. And then Johnny apparently walks in and says, no, 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 we're not going to have an external box. We're not going to have anything yeah. where you have to wear goggles and they connect. And that was canceled. And then Valve went away, and then all that stuff just died, and they had a reboot, basically. And don't forget the uh, Army HoloLens deal, which has gone belly up, by the way. Uh, $22 billion, and uh, already they're saying no soldier in the field's ever going to want to risk his life with this thing. By the way, this is the Facebook prototype from a couple of years ago. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Not at all all creepy. Uh, This is is your eyes being seen on a screen in front um, Facebook apparently had, has been working on this uh, for a while. So maybe that's where the rumor comes, or maybe Apple uh, stealing a page from Facebook. Go ahead, Renee. They're going to yeah. try everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I'm sure there's... I'm sure they have they have ones with googly eyes on them, and, you know, yeah. let's see if this works. So... Yeah, yeah, I think that I still think that the the, the, one of the advantages that Apple I think we're going to see take advantage of is the fact that they have a larger ecosystem. So a lot of the AR kit stuff that's been built, I still think that uh, the office um, tools will get USDZ six months to a year before the before the headset comes out, because the demand for building 3D models will go up dramatically, you know, to USDZ. So if you release Keynote, for instance, with USDZ, um, Suddenly, there's going to be thousands and thousands of objects built for Keynote um, because it's you know, and they'll be sold at you know ten bucks for twenty five or whatever. But that's going to generate this huge n- amount of of content that's much easier to manage and then put into the goggles. This is something that's the kind of platform experience that would be very difficult for competitors to build. And I it also probably see, means I USDZ becomes that no one has any idea until we get a million of them out there and people are using them. Yeah. What people are going to want they may in fact not want 3d models floating in space they may want plain text it's unknown until you get a lot of people using it well that's that's why enterprise is such a great fit for for these goggles again if if you're if your job is to deal with clients on here is the uh, here's you gave us a million dollars to determine the feasibility of building this widget for you that so that so that you can 
post you can uh, you can install them in existing engines uh, and get another 10 years of service life off of something that's worth three thousand dollars a unit to have 10 of them so that when you bring the client in you can really show them what you're going for if they i think any company that tries to say here's three thousand dollars and now you can have a triceratops on your desk it's like okay but how does that make me money or justify a three thousand dollar toy well well, like in, in Amazon, if you get to the right object, it's, it's not happening everywhere. But on Amazon, I, I was looking for a new TV stand underneath my TV. And it popped up and said, would you like to see it in your room? And I hit it. And there it is. And I decided I didn't want that one. But, but the thing is, is that it but that was really valuable to me as a user because I was able to see that this was a little too wide and a little too high and only made possible because the LIDAR is super accurate. And it was able to place it exactly into where it needed to be. And I could see the lighting, the color, everything, size. And that's where I think we're going to see, again, it's not a matter of having a triceratops, although for education that might be useful. But the um, the the ability to um, see things, previs things that you want to, you possibly want to use is I think going to be a big part of uh, my, what a lot of retailers want to do. My barely, my barely educated guess is that first it's going to be an only Apple product because that's what they do. They, you know, they have limited resources, even though they're a trillion dollar company and they make big bets and they're going to want to do something that shows off things that only Apple can do, which is usually integration with like an, an M3 class processor and a, a special graphics unit just for this machine. But then also they'll follow the Apple TV model. And my, my very uneducated guess is that whatever we do on the Apple TV today from Fitness Plus to watching movies, all the share play stuff now too, which is collaborative, you'll be able to sit with your Memoji next to Andy and Alex and Leo's Memoji and watch that movie without having to go to the IMAX and they'll have all of those features and yes they'll they'll sign big deals with like Boeing or or like American Airlines or something and have those the same way they do that with the iPad and the iPhone today but their end goal is going to be a mainstream consumer product not at $3,000 but at like $1,000 yeah. they'd rather a single person pay $1,000 for a, for an Apple VR headset than a family pay $200 for an Apple TV box that's a huge upgrade for them so my, my guess is that's the way they're doing it might driving. also yeah. be why Apple and this this is the Puck story you were talking about, uh, Andy. Puck.news is a new, um, really good, by the way, uh, publication. I subscribed to it when the Baratunde went over there. But a lot of good people. Dylan Byers, uh, who is very well connected, is the one who suggested that EA has been in play. And that yeah. Disney, Apple, and Amazon all are bidding. And at first I thought, why would Apple want a game company like EA? I mean, you know, that's EA Sports. It's not, it doesn't really... It's not. It wouldn't be for arcade. But on the other hand, maybe there'd be some skills and even some technology that would make sense in an AR world. And then that purchases. You know. Yeah, I mean, you look at you look at a uh, uh, Robo Recall is probably still the best game that was built for the Oculus, and um, oh, yeah. and it's the kind of thing that you know the, the the kind of thing that EA knows how to do really well. It's it's more than just putting three D objects in there. It is understanding game design and process, and and that's going to be yeah. Um, they need that trivial. expertise, and they probably don't have yeah. that expertise. I would I would imagine. Well, that's why Microsoft, you know, of course, is yeah. They purchased game companies. Yeah, exactly. They bought <laughs> Activision. Well, yeah. Mike, yeah. well, there's not Microsoft many left. Is well, Microsoft is different because they own a, a legit game platform, a, a, one of the most popular game platforms. When I, when I was reading that uh, that idea of uh, lots of people putting in bids for EA, including Apple, that really got me. It's uh, I, I have a limited imagination to figure out what Apple would do with EA because it's way too valuable as a content creation uh, studio to basically say, "Hey, we've got all this talent for creating 3D experiences. Let's build them. Let's let's bring them into Apple." On the other hand. Wow, it's it would be, it would be like instead of buying uh, instead of buying uh, movies at festivals, really trying to have your own MGM and saying, is Apple going to be 
in a is, is Apple going to be willing with their management structure to say yes, we will invest forty, fifty, sixty million dollars over three, four, five years on an unproven game concept, but with a very, very good team behind it, with the hopes that it will it will elevate, it will help sell Apple services and Apple hardware. It reminds That's, me I, again, a little it's bit my of own lack of imagination. It reminds me a little bit of the Beats acquisition. When the Beats acquisition happened, it was like, what the hell are they thinking? Do they want headphones? Maybe they want streaming music. Mm-hmm. We learned from Trip Mickle's book that, in fact, they already had a streaming music project going on inside Apple. And there was a bit of a competition between the Beats folks and the Apple folks. The The Beats deal was even weirder than this EA deal, at least with the EA deal. you. Well, yeah, you did you, you notice an Easter egg there? Like, because they, they named that product Fuse. And then if you go back, that was the name of Tony Fidel's company when they hired him uh, to come in and make the iPod. Yeah. And I wonder if that was just a little bit of a, you know, uh, this is the future of music, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, EA owns FIFA. It owns Madden. Uh, yeah, two very very hot things. Need for Speed, sort of Battlefield, which is you know sort of big. I think it would be one of those things where, much like uh, the Beats acquisition, where there's some additional profit from the headphone business or the game hmm. business, but really the technology underlying it and the and the team. That's a, the, yeah, and and, that's, and I, that's there's a really not that comparison. many. I, I mean, Apple makes sorry, it, you know, it's. it's in, in the in the a lot of the stuff that's come out, we're clear that Apple makes a huge amount of money on games. You know, so yeah. so it's you know and it they, may not and, have an and, Xbox, but it, but the iPhone a, is still a. If there's a critique of Macintosh, it's that is there no you know it's not a gaming platform. Well, but the iPhone is, and so the you know and so but they, I'm saying they, if you bought EA, you can insist mm-hmm. that all of these. And by yeah, the way, these sports games are very family-friendly. They're not shooters. So you could insist that Madden comes out uh, on a Macintosh. But can you just imagine, right. like, they flip the button on iPad apps and say you can run on the Mac? Because that's all that they're refusing. Everyone is refusing to do that. But if they flip that button that says this iPad app could run on the Mac, there'd be a huge amount of games available instantly <laughs> Yeah, but the they're Mac not AAA. really they're big not, publishers. Yeah, but they're not Some AAA. of them are really Genshin yeah, Impact. I mean, the, like, there are some really good titles on the iPad. The, the, but I think that even yeah, moving a bunch of the EA stuff to to there also, there's just not that many game companies. If you decide games are important, it's very expensive to build your own studio. Right. There's not that many. There's EA. There's 2K. You know, amp, they're going the, fast. The, you know, yeah. There's not going to be. There's like five. You know, four or five left that are of any close size to EA. So and once note those who go else away, is bidding for them. Is really hard. Disney and Amazon, Disney. right? <laughs> no, yeah. no, you know, so. It's. A, I mean, it's, it's such. It's it's such a. It's such a secure fit for Disney. The idea of saying that now, now they have they have coordination amongst every single platform that they that they own, and the ability to simply not contract out a game to an outside company, but simply say no, no, we have our own game studio. We will. So you will get access. We will be developing this game and content for that game, so that it synchronizes with uh, things we're doing in the comics, things we're doing on the t- on TV, things we're doing in movies. I I can I can't imagine. Apple outbidding Disney if they if they have their sights on it. Uh, the buyer says that EA's market cap around thirty six billion. Uh, that's it's a chump change. Yeah, well, it is. It's and it's it's a, it's less than a, it's almost it's a third of what. Uh, Microsoft paid for Activision Blizzard, Blizzard. so in a yeah. way, it's a deal. Well, and, yeah, and and the thing is, is that just what Andy had just talked about with Disney would definitely work. I mean, if you look, think about a, there's a lot of the titles that Apple's built that could be turned into a game that could have uh, AR and VR potential. It could have a lot of those other bits and pieces because the game company is going to bring also a lot of understanding of 3D pipelines right. and so on and so forth that are going to be useful for AR as well. And here's another one. What about the car? 
Don't you want entertainment in the car? Uh, well, I, I don't know. I, I think that playing playing some kind of racing game in the car would might be dangerous. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're like you think Apple that Apple car is going to have a steering wheel? No. I don't think so. No, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Also, I'm I'm starting to I'm, I'm starting to wonder if Apple is as good at integration as we've often given them credit for us or as maybe they used to be that if they could actually pull that off where they have a division that will get access to something as secret as uh, as the as the uh, as the car division uh, as other uh, experimental and uh, research sort of things that they're looking at uh, as opposed to those really thick and institutional walls that they keep <laughs> between every single product that they don't want anybody else to know about so i'm i don't know wouldn't it be interesting <laughs> if you bought a, a, an autonomous vehicle you could not drive and inside it you had a steering wheel and pedals to play Need for Speed? Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be cool actually, to have one of those so full bizarre. motion? You, you could have a box and in the back. It's a full motion system. You you put it all in there, and you're like you're like going around it. No, no, no. See, we, we, this is, see, this is an opportunity because you know you know that the uh, that there's a uh, there is a federal mandate now to have uh, to certify a technology to make sure that uh, a car cannot be operated by someone who is impaired or drunk. So what if we just have look until you get until you get you get to like level eight of uh, of Tetris. You cannot start this car. <laughs> there you go. Elon's already has Elon's put games in his car. My Ford Mustang has some actually decent games in it. I th I honestly think if you're in the Apple car division, you're we know this. We've talked about it before. You're thinking about well, what are people going to be doing inside these living rooms it's on living wheels? Room, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's take a little break. We got lots more to. No, we don't. We got nothing more. To <laughs> Full talk. self gaming, Leo. Think about it. Full self, Full self gaming, gaming. In the car. You know what? I'd prefer to drive a car and let the car play the game. How about that? What do, what do we yes. think? Yes. How about a nice game of chess? Yes. <laughs> do, do, you do you really do you really want to try to like play a game with your two kids in the back seat? They would smoke you. Oh, I at know. Least, at least now you have the excuse of oh, like, I, boy, I would whoop your ass in that game, but unfortunately, how daddy's driving right now. Daddy's playing Simpsons tapped out at front. Falcon punch? <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Our show today brought to you by IT Pro. TV. We talk all the time about how a great, what a great place IT Pro TV is for anybody looking to get into the IT world. But what if you're already in the IT world? What if you're already got a, a job? Well, you you also have to polish your skills, acquire new skills, recertify. Now, as long as we're doing a thought experiment, what if you have an IT team? What if your business has a team of IT professionals? Don't you want them to be doing the same thing, getting new skills, re-accrediting, recertifying? Well, give them IT Pro TV. They have a team platform you will love. More importantly, your employees will use. And that's, that's really kind of half the game. More than 80% of users who start a video at IT Pro TV finish it because it's fun. It's engaging. They've got the best edutainers, they call them, experts in the field, but who are also really, really good at keeping you Engaged. I think it's their passion, frankly, for what they're teaching. This will give your team the tools they need to make your business thrive. Binge-worthy courses in every aspect of IT. And, of course, because IT is constantly changing, so is IT Pro TV. They have in their beautiful, and we went out and visited it when they launched at Gainesville Studio. They have seven studios creating brand new content. Why? Well, the search change, the questions change, the, the software updates, the systems upgrade. 
Choosing Comcast Business Internet means choosing advanced cybersecurity and fiber solutions with speeds up to 10 gigs. Available to more small businesses than any other provider. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary. Comcast Business. Powering possibilities. Wherever you are on your financial journey, at Ameris Bank, we're with you. From setting up your new bank account. You're all set. To expanding your business's footprint. We're with you. From savings plans that advance college funds to graduation milestones worth celebrating. With every big step and baby step, we're with you all the way. Visit amerisbank.com slash with you and let's turn those money questions into financial peace of mind. Amerisbank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. There are new cyber threats and IT Pro TV is always up to date. Training goes from those studios into their library within 24 hours. There are 5,800 hours of on-demand courses in every aspect of IT, every vendor, every skill, all in one place. Microsoft, Cisco, Linux, Apple, security, cloud, soft skills, too, from compliance and marketing. Uh, You just can't beat IT Pro TV. You'll love the interface because they've got a way for you to track your team's results to manage your seats, to assign and unassign team members. You'll get monthly usage reports, metrics like logins, viewing time, tracks completed, so you know exactly how your team is doing. You can completely customize their assignments, keep an eye on any individual or any group. Assignments can be, of course, the full courses, but, you know, all the courses are divided up in 20- and 30-minute segments, so you can assign just a segment if you want. Just, you know, brush up on this skill. You'll get a lot of advanced reporting, too, in this dashboard, so you have insight into what's going on with your team and knowing that you're getting the ROI for IT Pro TV. For individuals getting into the IT business, staying in the IT business, for teams, IT Pro TV is the development platform you need to level up your skills while enjoying the journey. For teams of 2 to 1,000, but volume discounts start at five seats. In fact, 30% discount. When you say Mac break 30 to your IT Pro account executive, there's the team. These are such great people. I love everybody over there. ITPro.tv slash MacBreak. Whisper MacBreak 30 to your account executive for 30% off or more on a business plan. Business or individual. MacBreak 30 at ITPro.tv slash MacBreak. We thank them so much uh, for supporting MacBreak. They've been big you know, supporters since they started. We've been big supporters of theirs, so it's fair. Losing Ian Goodfellow to DeepMind is the dumbest thing Apple's ever done. I don't know if that's that's pretty high bar. Tristan Green writing in the next web. He, he likens losing Ian Goodfellow to letting Tom Brady or Michael Jordan leave your team over a disagreement over how the towels should be folded. Uh, Goodfellow you left to read his article, right? Yeah, <laughs> Goodfellow uh, left. Yeah, that was a good right. That got me to read it. Yeah, yeah. Goodfellow, he got us. Yep. He got us. He got us. But he ha- he makes a good point. Goodfellow, uh, who is a machine lang- machine learning uh, expert and one of the uh, developers of a technique called GAN, generative yep. uh, something something adversarial neural adversarial network. neural network. Hard to say, but a very powerful tool. 
So he's really one of the leading lights. Can I add something AI. quickly there, Leo? I love the I love Gans so much. Like you have to you think about it. Like you have a Batman neural network, and its job is to defend <laughs> something like Face ID, for example. So Batman is there to make sure no one bad gets into your Face ID. Like Andy can't break into my Face ID, and then you have a Joker neural network, and its whole job is to defeat the Batman network to break in. And they go back and forth, and the programmers have no idea what they're doing anymore. It's not like code. It's like training pets, and they go back and forth with this Titanic war in virtual reality. To, well, not even. Like they make bits, each other and they better. Keep making better versions. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones that are bad get destroyed, and the ones that are good. We know competition and they, works. They grow. Yeah, yes. Uh, so he, he he actually was uh, at Google, left Google a few years ago to go to Apple, but now uh, partly I don't know if it's completely. He did write a, a note that said, you know, I don't want to go back to work. I like the work from home thing, but I think there may be other other reasons. Um, but the the point of this article besides the link Beatty headline uh is that it's that there isn't you know these people are unique they're not interchangeable there are a handful yeah, of, re- of really great people uh um, they include his clarification in there because he did he did post a brief statement afterwards it wasn't just about work from home right yeah that was on the list of, the, of right. its grievances right <laughs> well but people like that uh do i mean he's moved around before yeah uh, you go, you, you know, you're so valuable that, you know, it's like, Tom, it is like Tom Brady, you know, uh, other teams are bidding big time for your, uh, attentions. So it's a way to, I think, you know, get, get more money, get better, get a, whatever work and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think this is going to be a challenge for any company trying to bring workers back is that the most valuable ones are the ones that have the most leverage. You know, and, exactly. and they're, you know, there's their, their, they have a unique talent. They know it and other people know it and they get to choose where they want, what, how they want this to look. And I think companies that try to press down are going to lose a lot of talent. I think you it's know, happened think already. Really it's happening risk. already. They've been working from Tahoe yeah. for two years and not going to come back yeah. to Capertino right. or it, Mountain View and, or and In fact, if this may well be the story of, of the last few years of Silicon Valley is the rise uh, in power of engineers you know who can, right. who are now starting to dictate their own terms because they're so few well, and far the, between and so valuable. Yeah, the the supply of engineers is so um, low compared to the demand. Right. That, and exactly. the problem is, is that they're com- the, You know, the, and this is why we're seeing grow with Google and we're seeing the, um, playgrounds and everything yep. else is all an attempt to make that pipeline fatter. You know, and get people in earlier and, and faster because. Um, you know, colleges are not pumping out students that they need. They're not pumping out the quality or the quantity that is necessary for the industry. And so, well, um, even if they were cranking them out (laughs) as fast as they possibly could, this is part of the reason there's a supply shortage. Demand is exploding. Well, it is. But, you know, I think that this is going to be I think that this is going to have a massive impact on education because, you know, essentially these companies, because they're so hungry for this, this gets into, you know, they're just, they're bypassing, they're going to bypass all the computer science colleges. You know, they'll still have their little degrees, but there's going to be a huge number. You're not going to come out of high school feeling like you need to go to college. They're you know, not, like there's going to be the programs. They want the, the delay. Right, right. They, they just want, yeah. they want to, they want to get you in. It's like baseball, you know, baseball, you come out of co- high school yeah, but, and you're in but the But let me point program. out, football does not have that same model. They want you to go to college. Um, there is stuff to be learned in college, the basics. I mean, there are well, you're not four, big enough in football. 
Like that's I mean that's why they do that. It's is that you're not you're not, not strong enough. enough. Yeah. You're, you'll you'll get you'll yeah. get hurt. All right. You know, enough so, of the sports analogies. I still yeah, think yeah. there's a valuable your brain isn't big enough. You need to getting out of high school, you're other, not ready to write GAN, you know, invent GAN. I think you still The other pressure like you, for the really talented ones is that Apple and Google and Facebook have shown that they will buy your startup in a in a blink. And for a lot of them, get, getting in and getting a salary with limited upward mobility is nowhere nearly as profitable exactly. or enjoyable as making a startup. They, they literally exactly. make startups, sell them to Google leave, make another startup, sell exactly. them to Google or Apple, I, I know someone, leave, and they do it like three, four times. I know that I know billions. someone who sold their comp they sold three companies to Google. Right. By by being yeah. absorbed, they wait two years, they leave, right. they go start another one, they so come back. So you'd be nuts to go to again. Google out of high school. What's his or name? Even sold Lala and well, then color. Better, better to go to a startup. Two companies in well, a row. Especially with more abundant stock prices. And all of the, the big tech company yeah. stock prices are now. The issue is is it's a lot easier to get funding for your little startup after you worked at Google <laughs> so, so, or Apple. You know, like that, you know, having yeah, that on, sure. your, on your LinkedIn makes we, it a lot easier I, to go out and get something. I don't know what the, I, the optimal path is, but I'm sure that if you're, a, if you're smart and adept in computer science and you're a college sophomore right now, there's a lot of conversation about, okay, what's, what, are the, what are the steps now I need to do? Okay, I need you get a, your you internship. Get a, you get do a, a year or two, then you spin off yeah. into a startup. Do I need an E degree? Do I need a CS degree? Where should I get the internship? Where you should know, my first job be? What should my startup be? I'm sure there's a path. There's probably books. Silicon about Valley it. on HBO have figured they gave you a roadmap. <laughs> what are you going to do? Follow just, that and the whiteboard. <laughs> well, again, the, the path the path that Apple's taking, to be clear, is 10 years old. I mean, that's what that's why Playgrounds right. is so like right. they want you like playing with that stuff early on and and doing the, those kinds of things so that you're you know that's when I mean when you think about I think the value of that is college. de minimis, though, because I think there's plenty. Of, I mean, there's kids doing it regardless, right? There's kids learning Python in eighth grade too. I oh, mean, no, they're I, just trying to make it easy, though. They're just the, the goal is to make it. It's to, easy. To make it as easy as possible. It's to pretty do easy. It well, the goal is to have schools and curriculums to scale it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like to have a curriculum for a school. Schools are failing kids right now, so yeah, you know. Uh, kids are doing it on their own. I think, but that's always been that way, right? The best programmers. I don't know. We should we should interview Ian Goodfellow, but I bet you, he taught himself right in the first well, in the early days. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the it, it, there's a real power to getting over the hump. Like I got over the hump by someone from Unisys was teaching in the in the uh, downstairs of the church that I went to yeah, when I was a kid, right. and I and I learned basic, and then I taught the, myself the rest of it. But exactly. I got over the hump of understanding how it worked. And then I was off to the races. Bill, Bill Gates' the next, mom you know. had a bake sale to raise money so they could buy a terminal for a timeshare yeah, that they put right. in his school. And that's how he got into it, right? Right. Um, yeah. So I think it's always been uh, that way. Um, Google is apparently, I don't know why, because if you had the choice of working for Apple or Google, I would work for Apple. But because Google is not being so adamant on this return to work uh, policy, it's not just Ian Goodfellow, apparently, according to protocol. Uh, Google is becoming a hub for people leaving uh, leaving Apple. Apple just delayed again, so you, it, it, so you wonder like that. Yes, part of it is just being an abundance of caution, but part of it's also like okay, pause, yeah, whoops. pause. Yeah, I, there was a lot of people. Like I have a lot of friends that are connected that are, that are on LinkedIn. That suddenly they were all leaving Apple, and then suddenly the pause happened. I was like, somebody said we got to figure this out before we keep pushing. On, it's pushing it's down really on interesting. I mean, I it's a complicated calculus because I mean, of course, sure you want the best work environment. But also, don't you want the best projects, most interesting projects to work on? Don't you want the best yeah. compensation? There's a lot of factors. It was very interesting in the Trip Mickle book. I think the number one thing I found interesting was the Apple Car Project was not from Tim Cook or the executives. 
It was from the engineers who were ready to leave Apple because Tesla was doing more interesting stuff. And they said, if you want to keep us, you better have a car project. Is that is, well, is that's how you read it? Is that how you read it, Renee? That's how I read it. I mean, like, so I, I, I want to be careful what I say because I knew a lot of the people who were involved in it at the time. And, but basically, there, there's a group of people who want to invent the next thing. They have very little interest in making the third iPhone, the fourth iPad. Uh, and a lot of them had already left Apple. There's that, and that's like a flow. They, people leave Apple. They come back. Uh, they have, like, sabbaticals. I think if you come back within two years, you don't lose your experience. But when Apple announced this project, and I think it was heavily driven by both high, like Dan Riccio and Johnny Ives' teams, that was new and exciting. And a bunch of those people came back. And there was also a bunch of people on the existing team like UI Kit and Springboard and all of those who were being lured away by Titan. And, you know, their managers are like, it's a flash in the pan. Don't go anywhere. It's much more important to work on the foundation. And they're like, I want to work on a car. Uh, you know, and then it's been reset three or four times now. But there's absolutely people who want to be at Apple because they want to change the world. And they think the next device is going to yeah. do it. I mean, if, if I were a AAA programmer, I would pick the project I wanted to work on probably more than anything else yeah. you and, know? and i think but that they kind of also I mean, ruined they, it like they they made it such a big i'll just finish with this quickly but they made it such a big deal like they basically decided to reinvent everything at apple from radar to get rid of the c all the c languages get rid, like this was pre-swift reinvent everything and that was totally beyond scope for what you needed to do to produce a shipping car and anything approaching a decade and so like unfettered engineering future thinking uh you know tony stark bravado isn't always the best either apparently yeah. google is offering free scooters <laughs> from no unagi they, they got rid of the toto toilet seats this, and this is according to the, the verge last month that uh, google offers employees free electric scooters to get them back to the office it seems to me it's going to take more than a no free scooter seats. You know, you give me some stock options, I could buy my own freaking scooter. Well, they're giving them stock options as well. That's more important, <laughs> like, yeah. And yeah, even more important, perhaps, uh, as, is not having to go into the office. I think that's a pretty high priority. I don't want to go back mm -hmm. to, you know, there's that idiot, you know, Joe who keeps coming over and saying, people what are you going to have for lunch? I know a lot of Google people have had to go back to at least two days a week. You know, it's not, uh, well, they're not all... In the and it's, I think it's less being in the office and more the drive, like the drive sure. through, through Mountain View or yeah, Palo Alto or many of these, it's just brutal, you know, and it's, and, and again, you're stuck in, I mean, for those living in the South Bay, I'm sorry to say this, but it's not a very nice place to live. Like it's not, it's a like, very it's, expensive place it, it's, with it's no super culture. Expensive, Zero yeah, culture. And it's flat and it's not, you know, there's not um, a lot of, I mean, unless you have a, you know, that's why, I, every, I, that's why Johnny, I've lived in so San Francisco, if, right? If you've got four or $5 million to spend on a house, there's a lot of great places in the South Bay that are, you know, that I've worked in. <laughs> you know, so they're, and they're, and they, um, uh, and so, uh, you know, those are great it's very houses. It's but very if you have less than if you have yeah. less than about a million and a half dollars to buy a house in the South Bay, like it's really going to be rough. Yeah. Like it's it's and and that's a crazy. Those those well, numbers plus, are crazy. If you if you don't have to if you can work from home, home could be Anywhere. Barbados. It doesn't. I know people like that, that were working at Google the, in in Hawaii. Yeah. Like they were like you know they finished the they would you know. Uh, they'd finish up um, all the stuff and then, or they, you know, or, or get in the first in the morning, they're out surfing and they come in and have meetings. You know, it's, it's a good thing. Somebody wants to fax the radio offices. show in the chat room. Excuse me. There is no fax. <laughs> the fax, fax is fax a lie. Fax fax. <laughs> I mean, the, the AR stuff's office is in Boulder and a lot, I think a lot of people escaped to that area. Boulder's beautiful. Uh, during the last two years Yeah, my well. son went to college there. Boulder is uh, California <laughs> in Colorado. You know, it's It's great. 27 square. We used to joke, I used to live in Boulder. It's 27 square miles surrounded by reality. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> he went to it's an amazing uh, place. University of Co Colorado University of Boulder, yeah. which they called UC Boulder because half mm -hmm. the people there were from California. <laughs> 
Give me a second to get that. <laughs> yeah, University of California yeah. at Boulder. Yeah. 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 Uh, Apple has uh, responded to the letter we talked about last week from the film industry. The open letter to... We talked about this last week, didn't we? I hope we did. Week before, I think. Week before. Apple's response yeah. to the Final Cut Pro in TV and film open letter. The letter to Tim Cook that said Apple should has to make some changes if they want to win back the film and TV industry. Uh, did you read the letter, Alex? You're part of this industry. I did. Did, I did. did you find yeah, it I mean, compelling? Talked about not really. I mean, no. I, I think that it was like sure. Like yeah, we're going to have FMC. FMC is great. They do a lot of good work, and they're going to have some more classes, and that's fine. But I still think that it would not be very hard for Apple to say we're going to take one scene or we're going to take different pieces out of the content, all this content that are paying for, and start giving people real, like real behind the scenes, like how to deal with it. It would be the coolest thing that you could. The coolest way to learn how to do this stuff is to get more content. That is like how to build this and, and really a breakdown of what that looks like and live streams with those. And and those things would if, if Apple got into that program and spent, you know, I don't know, a couple million dollars a year on it, it would make a huge difference. And they're not I don't think that Apple should try to get Hollywood back. I think they should just arm the peasants with better uh, forks. That's probably what right, right, like pitch forks. Hollywood's afraid you know, like, of, like it's, actually. <laughs> you know, like, but I don't think that I don't think you should try to get the folks that are inside the castle to do anything. I think right. you just give the people outside the castle better tools to yeah. get inside the castle. You I know, and it. so just just train everybody outside of that, outside of Hollywood, to do it way better in Final Cut, and you'll solve the problem through attrition. Um, they are going to, as you said, uh, launch new training products and Apple authorized certs for pro video with their partner future media concepts and i think that's i mean that's that's cute but no one cares about those sorts interesting problem. yeah i like your idea i really do and plus it has the benefit of everybody can learn from that you don't have you know yeah. even that kid who's you know self-taught establishing a panel of industry experts oh for regular consultations starting this summer didn't apple which make was, a big will, deal about bringing it, in industry experts to design the mac pro when they did the new yeah. mac pro and th there's a team i mean team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they have a pro workflows team that does that so the the um uh the so they have people doing that now that are really smart like the people that are working on that are and they come from all over the industry they're not necessarily apple people they're just people who know how to do great production and and so they're they're already working through that i think that the 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 main thing that I, again, what gets people excited is working on real projects, you know, and giving them real projects has them learn. Like, here are all the things that are, you know, that are there, and here's how to put that together, and here's conversations. I don't, again, I think that consulting with folks in the industry, they're just going to tell them that you make it more like Avid. You know, that's not the answer. The answer is, is take the folks that are, that are doing it in Final Cut, that are doing really high-level stuff, and have them make sure that everybody knows how to work in Final Cut at a high level, you know, and uh, because most people, even myself, included i think i barely know how to use final cut i've been using it since point nine of the first one and and i still feel like especially with final cut 10 i mean i get i do a lot of work in it i cut a lot of things and then every time i deal with someone who edits every day all day i'm kind of amazed i'm like you can do what and you can do this and and, and so so i think that it's more about teaching everybody what those the tricks of the trade and how to take full advantage of final cut um in motion motion is the best deal in the century i mean fifty dollars i mean there's so many things that motion does just one thing like i make countdown clocks in motion i make lots of countdown clocks for live streams i make them all in motion i use 3d i use all kinds of other things for them if i if you if motion was a fifty dollar tool that just made countdown clocks i'd pay for it you know but it does <laughs> you know and you know like and and, and if it and then i did you know i did a, I did a you know i did a hundred and 
you know, I did 120 visual effect shots for a feature film in motion, like just green wow. screen and everything else. And so it's, you know, and, and we did it and that was in 2008, you know, and we were, you know, looping green screens in real time back then. And so, so it's, it's, you know, these, these apps are incredibly powerful and they're just, uh, I, the certification thing's cute, like, but giving people real content and having them dig through it and have them interactively talk to you about it and do workshop, do workshops where people can learn it. I don't care about the pieces of paper. Like when I look at someone, I don't really care what certifications they have. And I don't think anybody, any, there's nobody I know that cares about those certifications look like what they need is what people need is real world content and, and, and a real world expert to tell them how to synthesize that content into a final product. You know, that's really what happens on YouTube, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I mean, right now I sit, how I learn everything now is I have a computer open with YouTube on this yeah. screen over here yeah. and I, and I sit there and I work on whether it's cinema 4d or whatever. And I just sit there, search, 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 and, you know, and find what I'm, what I'm looking for. And I'm, and I just, I basically brute force my way through learning applications by having YouTube open and just watching, you know, like watching these little, and, and then I, you know, of course I'm complain half the time because people have a big preamble and they talk about it. I know. Hit the button matter. and do all of that. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, I know. It takes you 10 minutes to get into oh a YouTube. Oh Sorry, YouTubers. You start immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Can I have something about yeah. the pro workflows team? Because I find them fascinating. Like, they are people who you would recognize their names. Like, almost anyone in our industry would recognize the names of the people who joined that team. And they work inside Apple. And part of their purview is just to hit everything. Not just Apple apps, but anything that runs on any Apple gear. Find uh, problems in the workflow, like bottlenecks or inefficiencies and they'll talk to a ton of people in the industry. Like, they'll talk to everybody who's actually using the tools, and then they'll go and harass Apple internally. They'll go harass Adobe. They'll go harass Blackmagic and say, this could be twice as fast, three times as fast. Why are you doing this? Do this instead. And they'll do the same thing with hardware. They report to John Turnus, who's the senior vice president of, of hardware, and they're like, we need the... Like, the reason it looks like you can push a Mac Pro around a, a back studio lot is because they wanted to push a Mac Pro around a back studio lot. So it's it's like a really high-end production team internal to Apple. It's, it's like... It's it's like this little SEAL Team Six inside of Apple, yeah. Like a production SEAL Team Six, and they're not, they're not, they're not connected to uh, just Macs either. I don't think they, they can use anything they yeah. want, and then they come back and tell Apple what they why they use the PC. <laughs> so. Do not mess with Apple if you're making parts for the iPhone. A uh, a, a, a producer B O E. Uh, where are they in China? Um, yeah. They're famous for taking Samsung's pro, um, OLED process and replicating it. <laughs> uh, we're contracted for, according to Apple Insider, 30 million iPhone 14 OLED screens until they are, were alleged to have changed the circuit width of the thin film transistors. Apple caught them in February, halted production, and they're now reportedly at risk of losing all the orders for 30 million screens for the iPhone. This doesn't the, the it resonates with me because after reading Trip Mickle's book, you story after story of Johnny Ive flying to Foxconn and looking at the aluminum saying, "Why are there streaks in the aluminum?" Oh, I know so, I know somebody who was worked at a supplier and they had meetings with Apple and they're like, "Apple's Apple's like we want this." And they're like, "We could cut your budget by like by in half if we just do this. We don't want that." But we could save you so are you listening to us? We told you what we want. Can you do it or not? And that's like they want exactly what they want, and they will spend more money if a part is like a little bit faster, a little bit more environmentally friendly. They 
They have un- they have zero patience and unlimited budget for that stuff. But BOE has lost their business like three, four years in a row because like allegedly they took Samsung's uh, OLED process and replicated it in China and tried to offer it at a lower price. But it's just really expensive stuff. It's really hard to do right. It's really hard. It's almost impossible to do right at scale, which is why Samsung can charge so much for those displays and why everybody else wants more suppliers of those of those displays. Um, but it sounds like another year, another gone. Where does Apple go? Do they go to Samsung to get the displays? Samsung and LG. LG, yeah. LG's oh, well. gotten better. They used to not be as good, but Google and Apple funneled money into LG to get there. They have stuff to be more competitive. Yeah. This is this the source for this is the elec.net. T h e e l e c. And I should point out that the elec is a trade like uh, is a trade rag in the most uh, Korean of senses, in that they will often the articles there are often the companies negotiating publicly. Oh, interesting. I always take what they say with a huge grain of salt. Oh, okay, because they'll good. say Thank Samsung you. is getting this order, BOE is getting that, and a lot of times it's it's their meetings are going on and they're using this as a public way to bargain or to uh, to, okay. to pitch business. Okay, so take it with a grain of salt. It's a great story though. <laughs> yes. Could be true. Doesn't mean it's not true. It just means they want it out there. Like Apparently, Samsung or somebody wants it out there. Uh, you know, when they w- went uh, to uh, China to get the stand for the iMac, that old curved aluminum foot for the iMac, everybody said, oh, that can't be done. And they finally made a machine to do it. And then Johnny Ive looks at it and says, there are streaks in the aluminum. <laughs> and they figured out, oh, it's being contaminated by boron. No one else saw the streaks but Johnny Ive saw the streaks and they were able to figure out a way to do it it was that great story like him at the airport sitting with his friend and he goes i just i can't and the friend's like what what's wrong is like i can't i can't not see the seams in this bar (laughs) and his friend looks and it's totally flat it's perfect and he goes it must be freaking terrible horrible i don't get the feeling johnny is a happy person he walks through life uh, disappointed all the time by everything. We've had designer you know, friends like that, right? Like they'll walk around and go, "Oh, Mistral, why is that typeface Mistral? Why is that store sign?" And you're like, "It's a store sign. Why is it destroying your life?" Not, it is. It's destroying do not, your not life. be a designer. Do not be a. Designer. You know, it, it, you get used to it. I mean, I, I have to admit that I'm. A, I, you're a I'm specular a highlight guy. I know. I know. I, I'm a constant state of upset, <laughs> and, and I and I've just gotten. You just have to become one with the upset. It's not like it's you, you know like it's just Alex. Well, life is I, imperfect, know, Alex. No, but it's, it's, you know, like that. But if you're working at Apple, Apple's the place that, you know, lets your OCD run free. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like you just, you know, and, um, but, but I think that, uh, I, I, I think that there's a, you just have to get used to, there's just certain personalities. I, I fit into that, that I'm just upset about everything all the time. Like it's, you know, to some level, you know, like, I'm just like, this stinks and this should be longer and this should be this way. And this, you know, and you know, this, I don't this ever is, want to know, watch but, TV with you. Like, like, audio um, listening to music or people who see drop you know, frames like, watching it, like, looking at graphics. No, I'm just, you know, I, I get with a resolution to the plot line, to the script. I try not to get contaminated by, uh, by Alex's point of view. I just try to, I, I try to, I've learned to hold it to myself most. <laughs> most of the time it ruins it ruins life for everybody else like in in my cauldron it's okay you know like i i know what to do with it and where to put it how to put it in a box but if i started telling everybody what goes through my head about every piece of object around me it'd be upsetting time out for a mention from of one of our fine sponsors we shall continue with the never satisfied alex Lindsay. <laughs> Office hours <laughs> dot global. That's a good that's a good look, Alex. I like it. <laughs> 090.media. If you want this perfectionist making your stream the best it's ever been. Andy Anako from WGBH Boston. It's always a pleasure having Andy, who has a little bit more of a sanguine approach to life. 
Sometimes I think a diner's burger might dissatisfy, but you don't storm out in a huff. Oh, he's muted. I haven't known. Uh, I no, I I haven't muted. We we muted place. you. Can I you apologize. Okay. That was our fault. That's okay. That's that's, that's usually pro, usually a smart thing. Uh, but no, I, I've, I've, I, I've never Andy, I just want you to know, I don't control it. I have no That's buttons. Fine. No, no. Again, I, I, I bow down before our, before our, our estimable producers. They absolutely know what they're doing. Uh, but no, I don't. Uh, I, I, I've never left a diner in a huff. Um, I haven't had a car for like five or six years, so. Uh, it's hard to huff I, I, when you're walking. I don't. Well, I don't. I don't. I don't know if that's the hot new e car or something like that. <laughs> the no, huff. I need a huff. There's, there's, there's a good one about a mile. Wasn't there? There was it. Wasn't there an old car a huff? Sounds familiar, actually. <laughs> Hupmobile. The hub Hupmobile. Uh, also with us, Renee Ritchie, YouTube.com slash Renee Ritchie. If I seem a little jollier today than usual. It's because I had such a good night's sleep last night on my beautiful 8 Sleep Pod Pro cover. Sleep is nature's gentle nurse. The ultimate game changer. Consistent good sleep can reduce the likelihood of serious health issues, decrease the risk of heart disease, lower blood pressure, even reduce the risk of Alzheimer's. And yet, sad to say, more than 30% of Americans... Struggle with sleep and temperature is one of the main causes. Yes, temperature uh, of of poor sleep. I do not have to fear the heat or the cold because I have the Eight Sleep Pod Pro cover. What is it? Well, I'm glad you asked. You put it over your bed. They actually make mattresses as well. But we have a mattress we like, so we just got the cover. Put it over the mattress. It does dynamic cooling and heating with biometric tracking. Choosing Comcast Business Internet means choosing advanced cybersecurity and fiber solutions with speeds up to 10 gigs. Available to more small businesses than any other provider. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary. Comcast Business. Powering possibilities. Life's better with a financial partner like Ameris Bank. From opening your first savings account to funding your kids' college tuition. We're with you. From a flash of a business idea to growing that company just as fast. We're We're with with you. you. From buying a home to tackling the renovations to make it truly yours. We're We're with with you. You have big plans. Financial questions. And decisions to make. And for every idea, life goal, and new venture, we're We're with with you all the way. Visit AmerisBank.com slash with you to get started. AmerisBank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. It can go as Cool as 55 degrees Fahrenheit, as hot as 110 degrees Fahrenheit, or anywhere in between. You said it initially the way you feel like you like it. And I, and I think for most people, the idea is, and certainly it works for me, start a little cozy in the uh, evening, a plus two or three on the dial. And then as I fall into deeper and deeper sleep, the eight sleep actually supports that by cooling off. Turns out that's, that is what your body expects, to cool off at night. And then I have it set to wake me up in the morning. At my, <laughs> instead of an alarm, I have the eight sleep start to warm up. And I, I, I wake up feeling cozy, comfortable, and well-rested. But after you set your initial settings, the eight sleep biometric tracking will monitor your sleep and do what it can to improve it by modifying the temperature. Now, Lisa has completely different sleep patterns, but the cover will adjust each side of the bed based on your particular biometrics. It also looks at the bedroom temperature. If it's really hot in there, it'll cool you off. In fact, you don't have to fear hot summer nights or chilly winter nights ever again with 8Sleep. 8Sleep users fall asleep up to 32% faster. 
reduce sleep interruptions by 40% and get overall a more restful sleep. 30% more deep sleep means you're just feeling great for the day. Your, your physical recovery, your hormone regulation, your mental clarity, incredible. Show up as, you, as your best self with eight sleep. I just, uh, I know I can never sleep without it now. That's just, you know, it's like it's a requirement. I love it. Uh, eight, I'm a little worried about, you know, travel. Without, how, what am I going to do without my eight sleep? Maybe they, they need to make an affordable eight sleep. Go to eightsleep.com slash MacBreak, E-I-G-H-T-S-L-E-E-P. This is a really good time because they've got exclusive Memorial Day savings through June 6th. So do not wait. Head on over to 8sleep.com slash MacBreak. Cool down this summer with 8sleep. Shipping in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. And if you're hearing this later, after June 6th, just use 8sleep.com slash MacBreak and check out the Pod Pro cover. You'll save $150 at checkout. It was Kevin Rose told me about the 8sleep, and then Amy Webb got it, and she said, she, Kevin's right. And then I got it. We've had it for about six months couldn't live without it. 8sleep.com slash MacBreak. Thank you so much uh, for supporting MacBreak Weekly. <sighs> Top 100 most influential people of 2022. Who else? Survey says. Survey says. <laughs> Tim Cook. Does, they didn't give him a number. He's just in the, in the list. Yep. Uh, but I like it. What I really like is that the little, you know, they always get somebody who knows you to write a little piece about it. Yeah. The little piece about Tim Cook is written by Lorene Powell Jobs, Steve That's Jobs' nice. widow, which is really cool. Uh, he's on the cover of the Time 100, so I guess he's number one. I'm There's four that. covers, though, so oh. they, they want to keep yeah. us guessing. <laughs> oh, rats. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, you know, these lists are, you know, they're, they are what they are. But I think it's nice. That, I really think it's great that he, he does, after reading this book, he deserves it absolutely. But also, I love it that uh, Lorraine The Powell blurb Jobs is really astute, too. Like, she did a great job characterizing what makes him exceptional in this yeah. particular time and age. Apple is Tim Cook's life work, and in this work... Tim displays mastery, she writes. He's demonstrated more range in his leadership of one of the world's largest companies than any contemporary CEO. Business wisdom, philosophical wisdom. She talks about the pressure uh, of setting and executing Apple's progression with deep precision, taking responsibility for the company's effects on society, something her husband <laughs> notably did not do. Uh, although she has done absolutely yeah. uh, uh, since his passing. She's yeah. been very active in uh, good works. Tim does it with compassion and discipline, she writes, turning to nature to replenish his spirit. In the summer, he could be found hiking in our national parks, buoyed by the majesty of the mountains. Wow. Steve didn't believe in pimping karma. He thought if you did it and told people, then he, you were doing it for bad yeah, reasons. Right. That you got to keep all of that to yourself. And t Tim believes that you can lead by example. Well, I think he, I think he, the employees appreciate it as well as one of the very first things he did when he took over as CEO is to do matching and encourage employees yeah. to, to give. And so that really makes a big difference. Uh, yep, Tim strives absolutely. valiantly, she writes, dares greatly and spends himself in a grand 
cause. In fact, that is that is another thing I got from the Trip Mickle book is that Tim is an absolute workaholic. Nobody can keep up with. Yeah. Gets up Almost at four like in the morning. <laughs> he, uh, he, he has apparently very few outside interests, lives on steamed vegetables and fish. <laughs> He's and a, Mountain Dew. And That's Mount- a quite a combo. Steam, oh, well. Steamed vegetables, uh, <laughs> chicken and Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. And uh, never a diner. Little, never a diner. little bit of a little bit of California, a little bit of Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. War Eagle all the way. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. Good job, and uh, and well deserved, I think. Uh, yeah. We knew this would happen. It happens every year around about this time. The Pride Watch Edition watch bands are out, and along with it, a new shot on iPhone Pride campaign, which will launch in June. The bands always come with a uh, face as well. Yep. Um, Pride Edition Sport Loop, a color gradient that incorporates the original rainbow colors with those drawn from various Pride flags, including light blue, yeah. pink, white. That's kind of cool. The There's the, uh, let's see, here's, I think that's the, uh, is that the... Uh, regular and there's Nike. That's the threads. <laughs> yeah, so it's more pastel than in previous years. It was... Kind of a pure rainbow in pure previous years. It's very pretty. Yeah, this is this is that's a good example of the stuff that we were just talking about. That I it's I have it's it's become like sort of a tradition. Even when I stop wearing an Apple Watch, that I, I switch the band to my of my fitness band to a Pride style band because I just like the idea of basically flying those colors yeah. uh, in support. And it it it, it did like it, it, I think they're the first to the first one to really really support that kind of idea. Like for for fitness watches, and now you can't buy a fitness watch that does not have some sort of a rainbow or a or a Pride band available for it. And this is this is how how subtly subtly apple interweaves its values and its morals into how they operate with daily business this is the uh, nike band which has is less pastel has a has a black thread woven in which is apparently part of nike's campaign yeah very they're both beautiful very pretty uh here's the shot on iphone pride campaign from harvey milk plaza in san francisco to paulista avenue in san paulo the Shot on Pride campaign showcases places of historic inf- in, uh, significance to the LBGTQ plus movement. That's cool. So those will those uh, those new uh, those new ads and campaigns will be out uh, in June for Pride it's Month. A stark contrast to how Netflix is in the news about the very similar issues today. Oh, yeah, God. there you go, Ricky, Ricky Gervais. Gervais. Good Class old Ricky. Yeah. Well, but you know, I think part of Ricky's act is to be hated by somebody. No, well, part part of his act is to be absolutely smug and insufferable. And, <laughs> That's another way to put and, it. Yeah, I mean, no, it's, it's just what what what, anno- what annoys me is that he heads off any possible criticism by saying, "No, no," but anybody who critics who says right. they're offended by any joke is just an idiot. So if you hear anybody like criticize me for whatever I say in a stand-up act, it's not because it wasn't funny. It's not because this is the wrong time to make a joke like that. It's not because it promotes people. Be, it, you're basically promoting uh, an ethos that lawmakers are now using to persecute lgbtq plus people no it's because you're small-minded and not as clever as i am yeah. but that's why like we have that's always the comics defense isn't it it's just a joke not, man only, only the only the hacks until they get hit only the hacks uh prehistoric planet i missed it last <laughs> night was it good i missed it it's too. so much fun ah it's oh. so much fun so it's all this week there's five episodes so yeah. monday tuesday wednesday yeah. thursday friday 
Uh, but I, would, I presume I can was, go back and watch last night's. I mean, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. No, it's, it's all out. It was, it's, yeah, they, swimming was, it like, was all over so, the social. It was, was it? it was yeah. so beautifully done. I've, I've there is, this isn't the first documentary style thing where we're going to do we're going to be including CGI in such a way that it'll feel as though it's it's been filmed. And yeah, it's really great graphics and really helps to sell the point they're trying to make about about these creatures. But this is the first one where my brain bought it like immediately. It's like no, they, they maybe part of it was having Attenborough's voice over it, oh, God, the yes. user interface of oh, of, yeah. of the master, but still. It's the, it was used not as a stunt, not as a hey, look how clever we are with C, with uh, with digital graphics, but like no, here is a way that we can tell these stories in ways that we haven't been able to do before, and so perfectly done. What what a what a jewel in uh, in Apple TV's content crown. First episode coasts. Uh, I would do my uh, my Attenborough, but I probably shouldn't. <laughs> uh, but it sure begs it, doesn't it? A pregnant. Tyrannosaurus is in distress and her young calf can sense it as she travels waters that are home to the ocean's deadliest predators. You know, I, I just think that there's such a huge opportunity to, to visualize so many things. You know, and I, yeah. and I I will say that my favorite my favorite things in Apple TV are the nonfiction. Like so I know that there's a lot of great uh, series. I, I haven't been able to get really into any of them. But but the um the the Mark Ronson, you know, one on music. Uh, the the tiny world, uh, this these are the things that keep having me keep coming back. And, and what's great about that is Apple is picking up these verticals while they're looking for these big, you know, kind of uh, narrative uh, things that they are digging in and doing. Just throwing, you know, you just take take things that other people have done and then throw all the money into it, you know, yeah. and just make it yeah. amazing. And and so the thing that keeps me hooked to Apple, I probably drop Apple TV if if it wasn't for the non fictional stuff. Um, you know, I don't find any of the other well, fictional stuff very interesting because they dole it out just enough to keep you yep. subscribed. Yep. No fools yep. they. Uh, yep. Tonight will be deserts. I mean, I'm not going to miss dreadnoughts <laughs> fighting amongst <laughs> each other. So the idea, if you if you don't know yet, is it's a nature nature series, but it's featuring prehistoric creatures, dinosaurs. Yeah, and it's done and, and in the, such and an amazing way that you think it's, it's real. Yeah, I would say I would say that the, the best stuff the best stuff is in the trailer. Um, the oh, from a visual effects perspective, I, I will say that it is. Um, yeah, tell us it's exceptional. It's exceptional CG, not. In my eyes, not photo real. So, so you know, there's parts of it, there's Again, hints of it that I think get just right. This is the perfectionist Alex Lindsay coming. Yeah. In. yeah. So, well, so I think that it's it is it is a he made um, the mirror it, spaceship. No, so it, it's an exceptional exceptional CG. Um, but you, know, you can really kind of well tell done. it's CG. But you can you know it just has that it, it's it's the next that the next yeah, two look or three at percent image. to make it look. You can kind of tell, right? The, the next two oh, or three percent to like, make that photo real is is a de- is a delta of like a hundred million dollars. Yeah, you know, like, like yeah, it's, you know, like, like it's, it's so it's like you just, yeah. or wait five years. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't say yeah. that word. But it's, no, no, it's like but, but take, because like you, like it's just not real. Like you can't make. I, I'm never going to accept a giant green person. It's just never going to register yeah, in my brain. But, but Therefore, what, what it's going to be a cartoon. Is, no, there are no, shots no, of the T Rex that I think that get get there. You know, it's 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 definitely like. There's there's some shots that I felt went over and just was like wow that's I'm just looking at it and then and a lot of it has to do with um you know fine detail and specular highlight you spec we were talking about that earlier but like little glitch you know there's a little uh, detail across the surface that sometimes is missing on some of these yeah. and it's, it's a really Dan hard Winston detail to add in there is, is, is it a question of that. of time or technology uh, I think it's a little bit of time and and um, 
you know, it's just, I think it's time. <laughs> it's, it's just a lot of people's time you need, you you know, need to, to, get spend, it, to, to take it to that. In other words, we level. have the technology to do it better, but it would yeah. just take more time to do it. Cloning I mean, dinosaurs you look at, is really expensive, Leo. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I, would, I would put it this way, that for me, the reality of it wasn't so much uh, picking out the, 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 the light effects and, and the rendering. Alex has much, much better eyes than, than I do for, for that sort of thing. For me, it's the idea that they, 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 made the same sim- they, they made the same simple, fundamental choice at the outset that is essential to great effects and great graphics, which is if, we, if there were a person with a camera filming this, how would they shoot that? How would they get that shot? How would they move the camera? Where would they want to be in in relation to where the natural source of light is? How fast could they move that camera? Like, what would they be able to catch? What would they what would they be able to miss? And and the idea that all these things they have weight, they have physics, they have they have momentum. That's what really sells it to me. My my problem with a lot of uh, with a lot of like Hollywood blockbuster uh, graphics is that. At some point, you, you can tell where they went from, like, the live action with whatever graphic overlay to now you're looking at the full CG version of this because suddenly, like, they're, suddenly this, this, like, 800-pound behemoth is filled with helium. Suddenly, I mean, suddenly, the, yeah, instead of being a camera operator who's, who's filming this fight from the, from the street corner, it's like a drone the size of, of like, a, of a fly that can basically go into one nostril then out the ear because a director thought that'd be an exciting shot. So it's not, so it's not just the, the 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 photorealism of one frame. I love the 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 the, the discipline and restraint they had in deciding. No, our reality is that we are shooting with this with a camera crew, a documentary camera crew. It has yep. to look a certain way. And I definitely think that 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 realism in camera shots and in the approach, obviously. They, they brought people in that have done a lot of these kind of films and said, this is how we would shoot it. And this is how we're going to look at it. And this is, you know, this is the, where we put the camera. So I think that those decisions, Andy's completely right. Um, and, and again, six hours of this kind of content, that's, you know, three Pixar films, you know? So, I mean, you know, it would yeah. be hundreds of millions of dollars to take it to that, to the next, you know, uh, level because there's so many CG object, you know, uh, you know, so many CG animals in there to, to manage. So I understand it. I just, you know, it was one of those things that, that I, I probably, this is, I gave you a oh, no, preview no, of how I look at the world, but, but the, no, no. but I think that, that, that I think that it was, I was, um, I think that when I saw the trailer, I think I was like, oh, this is going to be like realistic for, you know, and then when I got to it, I was like, oh, that's good. And, and I, I really, I mean, I, I'm really enjoying it. Um, you know, I, and I, I love prehistoric stuff Just and I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch every, every, uh, I'm going to watch every one of these. Put a couple of mayonnaise in your glass. fully inebriated. Just mildly yeah. and, uh, Have a couple of drinks. Yeah. What I said, what, what I would say is that school, you know, what, there's a real opportunity. Oh, hopefully Apple will take advantage of this, of making this into, you know, they keep on doing things like this. Um, you know, they could build a curriculum for schools that that is here's a bunch of stuff that you can watch about dinosaurs that's very as historically accurate as we can be about things that lived hundreds of millions of years ago. Yeah. And oh, and then here's some USDZ models of the things that you can look at. And here's a here's a curriculum that you could use to teach about those things. And so you could, you know, really, you know, add a lot of things that that are there um, that they could distribute to schools and because schools can't you know, they can't afford to do this. So um, even even Pearson can't afford to do what Apple's doing. So so it, I, I think that it, 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 there's a real opportunity for Apple to use this as a service back. Discovery has done this for years, you know, of building, you know, um, in school, in class curriculum for a lot of the stuff that they've done. And so I think that Apple could hopefully do a lot of that around some of this content. Do you, do you know what software they used? 
Choosing Comcast Business Internet means choosing advanced cybersecurity and fiber solutions with speeds up to 10 gigs. Available to more small businesses than any other provider. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary. Comcast Business. Powering possibilities. My guess is probably a mixture of uh, Maya and Houdini. That's probably the, I mean, those are probably the two big apps that, you know, because Maya, Maya is not, Houdini does things that nothing else can do, like the ocean spray and, and a lot of the plant life and everything else. And I'm just completely guessing. I have absolutely no idea, yeah. you know, for a fact. Uh, Maya is really a uh, a core element. You know, it's it's the, and then people will just build on it. And so it's, and so you say Maya, but it's really all the custom software that was built by whatever visual effects firm built this or did this. Um, and, uh, but those are the two biggest apps that would probably use it, something at this level. Do they use in-house software still a lot, Alex? Uh, well, what happens is Maya has become a lot of people's in-house software. The, what happened was is that Maya was designed really for the ILM pipeline, which is ILM was like, we don't need you to build every little piece of skin or the simulator. What we need you to do is give us a great core that we that you'll keep on updating, <laughs> and then yeah. we'll build all the plugins onto it. And so most visual effects firms have kind of built around all of that, and so so uh, they use Maya as a you know a core aspect of it and then they but they're then they just customize the you know the heck out of it so it's you know it's it, at some point it becomes 20 or 30 percent Maya and you know uh, but they don't have to worry about that but they don't well, renderman's still a thing you know but there's a lot of rendering that that is uh, I mean yeah definitely renderman's still <laughs> in the pipe in, in different pipelines but there's a lot of those are the rendering engines. So Renderman's really a rendering engine. So it's the thing that draws everything out. But it's not doing the animation. It's doing the it's doing Shares, the uh, yeah. turning turning all that into a into a finished uh, finished the, frame. The Wikipedia article says uh, the series had been in development by the BBC uh, ten year for ten years. Apple ordered the do- or, you know gave them the money and ordered the documentary three years ago. Um, Hans Zimmer does the score. John Favreau is the uh, is the producer. The series uses up-to-date paleontological research to depict animals of the Cretaceous with scientific rigor. Um, in fact, uh, the most modern paleontology says that dinosaurs were probably covered with feathers, so you may see a juvenile Tyrannosaurus rex with so feathers. So my fear of birds was founded, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Uh, paleozoologist Darren Neish and science illustrator Gabrielle Ugueto were consulted for depictions of the prehistoric life, the concept art and creature design created by Jellyfish Pictures, computer-generated imagery developed by the Moving Picture Company. They're the folks who did uh, The Lion King and The Jungle Book, which were, you know, those uh, photorealistic mix of human <laughs> live action and, uh, and So, some, and so something could came of those two movies? Great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, fascinating. I, I was looking, I found this article, I was looking for the budget. What do you think the budget was, Alex? Um, I, I, I'd be surprised if they if they ended up spending more than a hundred million dollars on it. I mean, I think that it's probably somewhere between sixty and a hundred million. It's really more time than money, and, and it's just rendering time. It's people's yeah. time. It's detailed yeah. time. It's yeah. yeah. I mean, it's. But I think that you know, I think that I, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't spend you know ten million an episode for it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot of development. Although compared to you know the next uh, Game of Thrones, what? it's pretty cheap. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that dragons. what I'd like heard is that the dragons are hard. Yeah, I think, and, and they, didn't show, they didn't show the dragons that often. Like, <laughs> and a lot of it was for in good the dark, reason. as we noticed. In yeah, the last yeah, yeah. Episode. For yeah. good reason. I, I think that I, I had heard that the Game of Thrones, except for the some of the final ones, was like eight to eight to twelve million. Okay, a copy. Yeah. 
Uh, Apple is looking to create a new uh, creative class. They've expanded today at Apple Creative Studios for young creatives. All new Creative Studio sessions open to the local community. This is another Apple uh, press release. Apple uh, will provide mentors along with 30 nonprofit community partners. Books, storytelling, app design, radio, podcasts, photography, Film and TV participants will receive hands-on education, training, and feedback. So they're going to teach people how to podcast. Just what we need, more podcasters. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the, um, uh, I will say it's still the hit, one of the hidden things that Apple does are those classes at the, school, at the, um, so at the Apple stores. Yeah. My kids, when they go to L.A., that's their, what their grandmother takes them to, yeah. like a couple a day. And they just love them. And they learn so much about their, their tools. They're really well done. Uh, here's New York City. Uh, Paris, Milan, Miami, so all over the world. Berlin. So uh, this is that's pretty cool. Yeah, if you if you happen to be near one, uh, New York will have app design. Miami books and storytelling, podcasts, music, and radio will be taught in Berlin, Nashville, Chicago, and Paris, Taipei, and Milan for art and design, of course. London, Sydney, Beijing, Tokyo, and Bangkok for photography, it's- film, and TV. It's a little too bad that they don't do more uh, virtual. <laughs> you know, given yeah. They could, yeah. They could have classes of thousands, you know, taking it. At so. least the film one is six weeks. Uh, I don't know how long the other ones yeah. are, but that's uh, that's that's six six free days uh, for your folks, for your parents. Get Go on, send your kids yeah. out there right now. They'll learn something <laughs> useful. All right. What is A2657? The world wants to know. As you know, if uh, you're going to release something with radio frequency, you've got to go to the FCC. New filings from the FCC, according to 9 to 5 Mac, reveal a mysterious new, quote, network adapter from Apple, codename A2657, that runs iOS 15.5, 2 gigabit Ethernet ports, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and NFC antennas, plus a USB-C port, the accessory features 32 gigs of internal storage, 1.5 gigs of RAM. A second version of the same product has Lightning instead of USB-C and a gig of RAM. That's the one for North America because the EU is not here. Oh, could oh. be. I'm just kidding. But maybe. No, that could be. No, but, yeah. Um, it sounds like it's the, I don't know. What do you think this is? This is really weird. What do you think this is? Is it the display? Is it the mini LED version of the display? It's a network adapter, a has an integral that. battery. It sounds like an uh, iPod Touch, but <laughs> I don't think it's that. Um, I don't know. I there, 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 was, there was a lot of discussion recently about, uh, it's a little bit on this, on this show, about how, gosh, I wish Apple would get back into wireless networking. Do you think uh, that's maybe what stations. this is? Yeah. But this has to be plugged into uh, a computer, which doesn't make any Yeah, exactly. Mm. So that's why. <laughs> yeah, the, the uh, FCC... Filings uh, show that it was plugged in. It is designed to be plugged I wanna, in. I don't want to rain on your parades anymore, Leo, but it also could just be something that Apple technicians use at an Apple store. Oh. Like, a lot of times some of those filings happen. Yeah. So may not That's, be a consumer. might be, but may yeah, not be a Apple, according to 9to5Mac, has multiple devices registered with the FCC that are intended for internal purposes, tools used yeah. by technicians to repair iPhones and Macs. Oh, never mind. <laughs> no, it could, be, it could be something amazing. It could, it could be something be good. Yeah. Something exciting. Apple cappuccino a laser maker. beam. Oh, yeah. Wi-Fi enabled. <laughs> they got to send maker. those Apple stores something, right? <laughs> Why buy no, them Keurig if you can send them Apple machines? Ooh. Yeah, a, a machine that can do retina retina de- level of detail on the top of your cappuccino froth. 
Uh, Apple is, as one would expect, looking to find other places to make its devices. From the Wall Street Journal, Apple looks to boost production outside China. iPhone maker tells suppliers it wants to manufacture more in India and Southeast Asia. Um, yeah, I guess it's just not practical for them to bring manufacturing home. Yeah. Also, yeah, it's also probably not. But a lot of the, uh, I'm just going to say a lot of these markets are actually demanding local manufacture. Like India is, is trying to. Uh, yeah, India and Brazil to, both require oh. it be made locally. Yeah, yeah. It also gives Apple cover to move out of China. So it's oh you know, yeah, they're and, getting, and, and leverage. You know, like yeah. this is yeah. Well, it, it's some leverage, but you know, they're you know, if, if China does anything towards Taiwan, this gets really complicated really quickly. And so a lot of manufacturers are trying to figure out how to diversify because if if we applied the same embargoes, you know, the same, you know, things that are happening to Russia, to China, it would definitely affect Apple's ability to produce, you know, so I think that a lot of lockdown right now, the COVID lockdown in Shanghai uh, is holding Apple laptops hostage and quantum makes those. and I think that, but I think that that's their cover is that is that right. they have a reason to be able to tell China that well, you know, you're not thing. able to produce it, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and we need to, you know, make sure that we keep on doing our thing. But I think that a lot of folks are pretty concerned about, you know, China's um, interest in the South, you know, the South Sea, South um, yeah. South Sea. Uh, people, Wall Street Journal quotes people in the industry who said many of the reasons Apple has long kept China as its manufacturing hub remain in place: a well-trained workforce low costs relative to the U.S., and a deep network of parts suppliers that's hard to recreate elsewhere without years of effort. They point out that with the exception of India, the pool of qualified workers in China exceeds the entire population of many alternative countries in Asia. Well, and I, but I think that what's, what's stunning is that China has made it worth their while to move. I mean, with both, you know, with not to get too much into politics, but with both countries, Russia and China, people just want to do business with them. If they just didn't, if they weren't rattling sabers and, and um, bullying their neighbors, you know, people would just keep on working with them. It's the it's these are kind of unforced errors on those countries because they're well, it's an unforced error on Putin, hard- but Putin it didn't have a lot to lose. I really wonder uh, if China will push uh, Taiwan or the disputed islands with Japan and so oh. forth, because yeah, this is a big a part of, of their economy. I know they're making noise, but I, I you know, they're, that noise, they're, they're going up to the, the edge, but I don't know if they're... Right. The, the noise is creating decisions, though. That, like, that's the problem, is if you're not going to do it, stop making the noise, because right. they're, they're making noise that's causing a it's lot of companies to make decisions. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's a really, and a, a stunning, uh, a stunning uh, you know, example of hubris. Well, it's a, it's a complicated calculus, and and just a, just the other week, uh, uh, Russian state nationalized uh, Google's assets inside the company. I mean, this is this yeah, is the Google stakes. declared have, bankruptcy in Russia because yeah, I mean, and this, <laughs> we got and, nothing left. Yeah, and when, when you have when you have power that's being when when you have someone who's basically naming themselves president for life and basically is have it has enough power and enough pull and enough influence and enough names and receipts to basically make sure that oh yeah well there was this law that said that I can't run for for another term but I propose that we make that uh, we make we abolish that in my case the problem is that you, then you have someone who is going to be doing increasingly desperate desperate things to hold on to power because that's all that they can see and they don't like the idea of what happens to them after they're removed from power and so this is this is how uh, this is this is how it's 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 easy to imagine any situation like what's going on in China eventually devolving into a Putin situation yeah although China you know the CPC may be making the uh, or CCP may be making the calculus that well go ahead try try to make it outside of 
China. Let's see how. Let's oh, well, see how you also, do. Their, 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 I mean, their their economy is starting to it, starting to feel a bit of a crash from the real estate uh, crisis, right. Right. real estate banking crisis. So this is also this is also a case where every we've we've had past uh, very very great and in depth conversations about Apple's relationship with China. But one of the things that's very very positive is that Apple does have this ability to say that look, here's how much money that you're making from from our manufacturing, and here's how much money you're making uh, from the halo effect of your manufacturing being capable of uh, manufacturing stuff to our tolerances why would why, if you did something that made it impossible for us to continue to do business in your country what how are you going to be able to deal with that do you, would you rather have our business or would you rather have half of our business well and, and which is was why it would be hard for apple to move out when there wasn't a covid situation where they're locking down things and making it hard for apple to actually produce um, they Apple would be creating more upset, but right now Apple's like, well, we got to do something because we don't know. Yeah. You know, we have to. You know, so they have kind of a, a cover to keep on moving out of the country because you know China's got a lot of problems. I mean, they they have a yeah. stunning a stunning birth rate problem that is going to eventually become a falling massive falling birth rate. Ma- yeah. yeah, fallen. Yeah, you know, like two and and it's and it and it, they can't turn they can't turn the corner. Yeah. on that, and so they're you know so they're becoming top heavy. Uh, um, population wise and that's gonna that's that that is a massive destabilizing uh account for 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 them to deal with and so you know it's gonna <laughs> apple needs to do something to, you know and diversify and i think that they are and i think that it's smart and i think they should keep doing it <laughs> so uh, what do you think of this story about the woman who dropped her apple watch on uh, the disney epcot ride uh and claims that subsequently there were $40,000 of fraudulent charges. I don't know how that's supposed to work. I don't know how that would happen. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. it locks and you can't unlock it yeah, without the passcode. Yeah, there's more, there's more to this story. Unless her passcode was 11111. It's only four digits. Maybe they, I mean, maybe they just accidentally. There's no security system in the world that can overcome humans. Yeah. So what if her password was 1111? I mean, I I would believe this. This woman dropped the watch. She was fidgeting with her watch on the Seas with Nemo and Friends attraction. Uh, Her husband jumped off. She could see it. It had fallen through a grate. Her husband jumped off, tried to fish it out of the grate, which, of course, immediately stopped the ride. And they they were escorted out. Choosing Comcast Business Internet means choosing advanced cybersecurity and fiber solutions with speeds up to 10 gigs. Available to more small businesses than any other provider. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary. Comcast Business. Powering possibilities. Wherever you are on your financial journey, at Ameris Bank, we're with you. From setting up your new bank account. You're all set. To expanding your business's footprint. We're with you. From savings plans that advance college funds. To graduation milestones worth celebrating. With every big step and baby step, we're with you all the way. Visit amerisbank.com slash with you and let's turn those money questions into financial peace of mind. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Uh, the watch did not get returned uh, to them, even though uh, she felt like uh, the Disney employees could see it, as, as could they. She said she has several credit cards linked to the watch, including an American Express card with an unlimited credit line. I bet you it was. So if it was 1111 and some lucky Disney cast member figured that out, could you put it on, type 1111 and then buy stuff? But how would you buy $40,000? Yeah. You'd have to buy a boat. At Disney. <laughs> at Disney. Or a, couple, or a couple of dinners. A couple of dinners wish. at Disney. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, they, they got that six thousand dollar a night the Star Wars actually, cosplay experience. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like I think that's actually just uh, general tickets for you know, family of six. <laughs> <laughs> it's about forty. The rise, of, rise of the resistance. Uh, yeah, exactly. There is no word of what the thief bought. <clears throat> It was, a, it was an Hermes watch too, Leo. It was like a was thirteen or seventeen hundred dollar watch. Now I know you guys don't read nine to five Google. Well, maybe you do, Andy, because you do a show called Material All About, you know that kind of thing. And maybe you do, Renee, because they just hired Max Weinbach. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Thanks. Pixel Watch will have USB charging cable and shares the same manufacturer as the Apple Watch. Second part, I don't care. First part is super interesting to me. Because, yeah. like, usually they don't put ports in... Well, I don't know about all the Android Wear watches, but, like, for a swim-proofing a watch, ports makes it super complicated. Yeah, I mean, my uh, my Galaxy watch has a puck, just like the Apple watch, really. Yeah. The on the back. Maybe that's what they mean. Taiwan's um, Compal Electronics will manufacture the Pixel watch, which they also manufacture the Apple watch. Yeah, there, there's a bunch of controversy uh, because people were a lot of people were excited that oh, finally we had faith that uh, at, at some point Google would make an actual Pixel Watch and suddenly uh, Wear OS would not stink uh, again. Uh, but not, then the later the later update is that oh, actually it's it's going to be uh, using the same CPU as like a 2020 I think edition yeah. of the of the Samsung Galaxy Watch, which may be which may be a problem, but might not be because maybe they're uh, they'll they'll optimize. It, they'll add coprocessors to make it work. It seems to have the same uh, fitness sensors as uh, the, the the Fitbit Charge Five or something that's already on the market. We'll have to. We'll still have to find out. It's. I mean, it's. it's they have, they have such a long way to go. They just. They have such a long way to go to make. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. I was going to say Google has this weird thing. Some companies have this weird thing where if like a product is delayed, they don't they they don't feel like they can take the time to refresh it to whatever the like the next year's specs are because that'll just delay it further. And if it's not already in a high speed production line, the way like like Apple watches and iPhones are, are like falling off the treadmill like all the time, they're just falling off. Yeah. And if you've got to keep them updated, but they, these companies are like ah, we didn't make this release and it's going to be out, but it's going to be older specs. And if we but if we update it, it's going to be another year out, and then those specs will be outdated. And they end up falling into almost a year one trap. They fix it all. <laughs> year too but it just it hurts that initial product so much yeah and and, and the thing is uh, speaking as somebody who's been i've got a drawer full of uh, of android wear watches uh, that i keep buying just to make sure that i have one in the library that can test like modern stuff on but none of it has made like the daily driver on my wrist sort of thing i mean the, the closest that i've come is just a regular fitbit charge because I mean, it, it, the battery life is great. It does the basics of what I want it to do, and it's actually being supported. And it, there's no like cruft or stupidage uh, on, on top of it, and it's affordable. I don't, I'm not spending two hundred fifty dollars on something that is going to be probably wiped away when the Etch a Sketch for Wear OS gets uh, gets shaken once again. <laughs> really, but uh, Google's really- biggest problem, especially compared to Apple, is just they don't know how to say, "Look, at some point you got to make a decision and then keep moving forward. You can't just simply you can't just keep the, you can't just simply like go back to the start line and start all." Over again, which is their 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 go to for a whole bunch of different projects they do, including Wear OS. There's this weird thing too, where it's kind of noble, but they seem to feel like they don't deserve to have integration because they also license out the stuff, and it's be unfair to OEMs. But they go they bend over backwards to integrate with the with the OEMs. They have whole teams of people yeah. working to help OEMs, and like for a long time they wouldn't let the Pixel phone team really work with the Android team because it was unfair. But meanwhile, the Android team was working with all the other OEMs, so it was unfair to Pixel. And now it feels like they're not letting them work with Fitbit to the extent that. 
that I wanted Google to do with Fitbit because they bought yeah. them. Now, like, and they're like, but, you know, we, we can't really integrate fully because it wouldn't really I, be. No, please do that. I know, but I think that that's Google's problem is they're just constantly concerned about antitrust. You know, it's a constant problem. And they every time they start to blend those together, they get themselves in trouble. Like, that's the, the challenge for them. That's, that, I, th- I, I think you're right. That's part of the challenge. I think mostly institutionally, I do think they have a problem yeah. of getting all their ducks in a row. Uh, I, w- I wish th- I wish I could say that, oh, no, they're being very, very cautious. But no, time and time and time again, uh, if you're lucky, the project that uh, the, the ambitious project that got canceled will result in some basic technologies that will be ro- rolled into the thing that replaces it. But that doesn't change the fact that suddenly you're do- you suddenly have to do Google Wallet when they're two years ago, they're telling you about Google Pay and you're now doing Google Duo when they used to say, oh, no, Google Chat it's it's kind of embarrassing yeah, it's for a company that's so, again yeah yeah the institutional fear of failure is not existent right uh if I was, you... I was impressed though that the pixel 7 looks like it's going to actually build on a pixel 6 because for so many years yeah. the new pixel felt like an utter repudiation of the one that came before it's like no you were an idiot for buying that one this time we're going to do it right but like for the first time the pixel 7 looks like a linear successor to the pixel 6 and there's just so much advantage to updating something year over year so much learned wisdom and platform yeah. like advancement to it I wasn't. I wasn't surprised. I'll, I'll end this because I know that we're we're talking about Google stuff instead of Apple stuff. But uh, I mean, it takes about two or three years to design and ship a brand new phone from the ground up. Given how upset they were internally about uh, how the Pixel Four was developed, I kind of thought that the five would be sort of a stopgap, and the six would be whatever form it took would be the first one where they said, "No, we're going to build a new phone from the ground up with 20, uh, 2020, 2021, 2022 sensibilities, and we're going to make it stick. We're going to have an actual strategy." And it's a damn good phone. It's yeah. still my daily driver. And I'm, I'm, I don't regret one tiny bit buying it instead of an iPhone last year. I uh, both. We all know the Icon Factory. They've been around uh, in the Apple space since 1996. Yeah. A great company. One of the founders, one of the three founders passed away uh, this yeah. week at the age of 54 after a two-year battle with cancer. Corey B. Mary and my memorialized here at the Icon Factory's uh, website. Uh, so uh, a longtime member of the of the Apple and Mac community, uh, and a great they changed company. the Mac and the Windows world. Yeah, they yeah. did. I didn't they realize this. A hundred yeah. uh, over a hundred icons for Windows XP. Uh, yeah, yeah. They did the icons that, for Paramount's Star Trek film. Yeah, that, that, that really is such an art too. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the, they, they've, they've, their influence is, is deep and wide, and they, they really inspired a lot of people to rethink UI, to rethink the, the, communicative, the communicative, communicative effect of icons. They really just took the ball that uh, Susan Kerr created and just ran with it. And they also created, a, I think, the, many think the best uh, Twitter app of all time, Twitterific. Yeah. Craig thought of it in the shower. Did he really? Wow. <laughs> That's what he says. Wow. At least uh, you, you knew their apps would have good icons, that's for sure. <laughs> Linnea is great. Xcope is great. So many of their stuff is so foundational. Yeah. yeah. Linnea is a new one. This is a sketch, a sketch tool. Yeah, yeah, really good. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, all right. So um, there you go. I hate to end on a sad note, but there you have it. We will uh, come back with... What a legacy. What a legacy, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. their legacy what a lives legacy. on. Too young. We'll come back with your picks of the week in a moment, gentlemen. I want to talk to anybody, any company that uses Slack and wants to be more secure. We've got a great solution for you called Collide. And I bet you're hearing about it because there's a lot of buzz around Collide. Collide came from security practitioners who realized that MDM, mobile device management, was just 
not working in their businesses. Uh, you know, you'd put MDM on a on an endpoint, whether it's a laptop or a smartphone, and users would get so frustrated that they would throw up their hands and just switch to using their personal devices without telling anyone, which is f- worse than anything of all, especially if they bring that laptop then back into the office infected. There's got to be a better way. They came up with something I think a lot better. Collide, K-O-L-I-D-E. Instead of locking down a device, gluing the USB ports, Collide gets your users involved. It teaches them. It, 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 it enables them. It makes them feel good about what they're doing, feel good about security. And when they understand why the security is so important, they do a better job. Collide is, uh, you actually set it up. If the onboarding process is a Collide process. Their first Slack message will say, hello, I'm Collide. Let's get you started by installing the endpoint agent. It'll explain uh, what Collide does. And from there, Collide will regularly send employees Slack recommendations when their device is in an insecure state. It can be simple things like the screen lock not set up properly. And, they, and it's look at the messages on the website because they're, they're really great. They They make you feel like you're a partner in security, and that's kind of what you want. You don't want an adversary inside the company. You've got enough adversaries outside the company. Uh, it also will do some pretty sophisticated things. For instance, asking people to secure those two-factor backup codes sitting in their downloads folders, plain text. Uh, it's talking directly to employees, educating them about company policies and how to keep their device secure using real examples, not theoretical scenarios. It's, it's, I think, brilliant, and I think you will too. Cross-platform endpoint management for teams that use Slack, Linux, Macs, Windows, doesn't matter. It puts the end user first. And, you know, I know, you know, sometimes you go, I don't want my end users to have control. But if you get them to be on your team and securing it with you, they do a much better job. This is endpoint management that puts the user first. Really a brilliant idea. Visit Collide, K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash MacBreak to learn more. You can get a 14-day trial. Put it on, you know, put it on your system. Uh, get get the messages for yourself. I think you'll really see uh, how different Collide is from any other kind of security system. Uh, free 14-day trial, no credit card required. K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash MacBreak. You'll also get a goodie bag of uh, Collide swag. After signing up for the trial, I gotta do. I forgot to do that. I gotta get the stickers. Uh, <laughs> it's a way of saying thank you. Collide k o l i d e dot com slash macbreak. I love this idea. I really do. Collide. We thank them for their support. Renee Ritchie, your pick of the week, my friend. So my pick of the week, I'm going to preface this by saying that Reddit has always been at war with mobile browsers. It, they just make it so miserable. If you, want, if you see a link to reddit.com and you tap on it, it's yeah. going to demand that you download their app. Yep. And you try to go to the website uh, and then it doesn't let you do things. And you ask for the, the desktop version of the site and it makes the text eight feet wide. So you can't get even like one word on a single line. You try to do anything. You try to comment. You scroll. You, you click through to something. It says, no, you need the mobile app to see this. You got like, it is just, it might as well not even be a website it is like the anti-web the, the real dark web the evil web something it, it is terrible but there is an app called apollo Yay. which makes it a genuinely 
joyful experience. I live it on is a so Paula. good. The designer, love it, love me it, me too. Love it. Yeah, yeah, Christian, the designer is so good. Canadian, um, but he, but but other than that, he's fantastic. Uh, he puts so much care and consideration into it, and he's just released Apollo one point one three, which sounds very incremental, but nothing with Apollo or with Christian is is incremental. So it's got like a completely new design for notifications. It's got uh, a watch function for subreddit so that you can tell it what sort of things you're looking for, and it'll surface those to you, so you don't have time to go through everything you can just sort of highlight the things that matter to you the most and they'll find them for you it's got trending subreddit posts remind me so if you want to go back and see something completely rebuilt notifications like i said and and of course because apollo it's got a whole new set of icons but i i just i love it so much because it makes me not hate reddit on mobile again yeah forever always i live in apollo on my ipad mini it's it's nirvana it's heaven it's the only way yes um, yeah. I just love it. And, uh, it's yeah. non-toxic. non-toxic. And it's, it's flabbergasting that Reddit would want a toxic experience on mobile because that's where a lot of people – because like mobile's great because you have a few seconds. You want to check a subreddit. You want to check a thread. You want to do something, and it's it's so frustrating. And then I become like uh, like obstructionist where I don't want to download their app because they try to force it on me. So I'm just not going <laughs> to do it. So Reddit is – so Apollo is like an oasis. Apollo is free. You know. There is an Apollo yeah. Pro uh, one-time option of $5. Uh, then Apollo. I did it. It was so easy. Money oh yeah, spend. I did that too. And then the Apollo yeah. Ultra, which is a uh, dollar a month, which is an incredible deal, or ten dollars yeah. a year. And uh, I think it's worth uh, supporting Christian's work because he it is easily. Yeah. I've I've tried them all. It's easily the best Reddit experience out there. And uh, if you, you can live tell on when Reddit, a developer really cares, yeah, yeah, and, and he really does. And you know what's interesting is how uh, much his users love him. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like what well, we have deservedly. So. Yeah, it's really yeah. interesting to see. It's, <laughs> uh, this is one of those apps where people just go, yes, yes, yes. It's uh, yeah, really good. Apollo. It's like that app. Steve Jobs line, like a glass of ice water in hell. Like, yeah. like he's really, yeah. he does give me a glass of Reddit ice water yeah. in the hell of their yeah. mobile experience. Yeah, and I Reddit is my now my you know my favorite social uh, system outside of our own Twit community yes. forums and Twit social Mastodon. Um, Apollo's fantastic. And, of course, our Discord for our club members. Andy Anako, pick of the week. Yeah, a, a tip and a pick that are actually very much related to what Renee was talking about, uh, that I, I love my iPad Pro. I, it's one of my primary devices. The only thing that's really, really annoying is when uh, the simplest thing, I want to do something on a, in the web browser, but something on that site like Reddit says, oh, wait a minute, I have an app. Uh, Why don't you install my app? I won't let you vote. Oh, oh you, you, know, you need to sign in and validate that you're above 18. Oh, well, you have, can't do that in the web. You have to do that in the app. And so many sites just don't work well that way. And that's, that's, that's the one stumbling block. And so the weirdest thing is that uh, so I do have Safari and Chrome installed and a, and a couple other browsers installed. I, mo- I primarily use Safari and Chrome. The weird thing is, though, that I use Safari every time I want to use Google Docs on my iPad because when if they do it on Chrome, Google is smart enough to say, "Oh, no, 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 you don't want to use it. You don't want to use Google Docs on a, a, in the browser. You want to use yeah. it in the here's a promo page where you can download the app, and the app isn't nearly as good as the web version of it. Uh, and that's what I want. Uh, so Safari makes it very, very easy to uh, surface just 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 through the default settings uh, panel uh, in the in the settings." 
app. Uh, just say give me the give me the desktop version of everything that you that you fetch for me, and suddenly every one of these problems is immediately solved. You no longer get you get the classic Reddit. You don't get the the super super wide stretched version. Uh, how, I don't know why so many apps, uh, so many uh, sites give me like the super stretched version because of course it's an iPad. It's only been out for ten years. It must be a phone. Let's give me the give me the phone layout uh, with Chrome. The only way around it is to uh, go go to the incredibly intuitive interface that they have for for user settings, which is to enter the URL Chrome colon slash slash uh, flags, <laughs> and then they will give you a list inside the browser of settings. And halfway during the middle of it is one where you can flick it to uh, fetch desktop settings, desktop uh, browser, desktop web pages by default, and then when you restart, it works. Uh, but the the other so that's that's tip the the actual uh, the pick is this really cool Safari plugin that uh, that attacks another piece of mobile pain when you're using an iPad, which is uh, Google AMP pages. Uh, those are f- uh, five years, six years ago, seven years ago. Uh, Google had this really great idea that, gee, mobile data is really, really slow and it's really, really expensive. Let's create this new standard so that if someone is con- connecting to your website via a mobile device, you can actually create through code that we've developed and then put into the open source a sort of slimmed down version of the page that will load really, really fast. Unfortunately, you know, this is 2022 and I've got a really good fast connection. I've got a really good fast uh, iPad and I don't want that stripped down version of the page and I don't want the uh, the extra tracking because the URLs will go through Google to to uh, to resolve that page. Uh, so there's a really good plugin for Safari uh, on iOS called Amplosion, A-M-P-L-O-S-I-O-N. Cost two bucks. You install this plugin, and suddenly, anytime that you do a Google search, and beyond, unbeknownst to you, you've tapped on a link to what turns out to be an AMP page, it will automatically fetch the actual uh, HTTP standard uh, HTML page instead. Nice, simple, effective. Two bucks. Implosion. Uh, and yeah. yeah, Mr. Alex Lindsay, your pick of the week. This is one of my best picks in a long time. I'm just, gonna, I'm just letting you people know. Oh, my like, God. Like, here's the worst part. Is, this is, is going to cost go. you. <laughs> no, it's not that expensive even. It's, it's, it's not even that very expensive. It's, uh, uh, a week ago, I didn't even know what this app was. <laughs> so, so it was. And uh, we, uh, I kind of understood it when we scheduled them to come in this morning for, I moved my other pick to next week because this was amazing. Like we had, um, so uh, we had, um, uh, Gabe, Gabe Cohen come in from audio desk, des, audio design desk. Um, and what this does, it's insane. It connects to final cut. It also can, it can, it connects the best to final cut. It also connects to premiere and pro tools and all these other things. And what it does is it's for when you're doing audio design. So you have sound effects, you have music, you have, you know, different beats that you want to put in and you, it, it basically supercharges your ability to add all those effects really fast. So it, it can um, it, it has fifty thousand effects or whatever and music clips and so on and so forth and they're starting to tie into you know external services as well and so what happens is that it, it builds its own little interface and you're watching and you say oh I'm looking for a swoosh or I'm looking for footsteps or I'm looking for this and it just puts it in there and you can and you can literally tie it to a keyboard so that you can play it um, you know while you're watching so you can have like a bunch of sword things and be hitting the if you remember the keys you could be sitting there like doing the they, the demo this morning he was doing a sword fight from crouching crouching tiger um, and uh, and they're like and he's adding all of it in real time you know and and uh, 
And then you have these effects and you can swap through those effects really fast. Like, oh, that's not really the one I'm looking for. Give me another one. Give me another one. Give me another one. And it'll keep on going through that. And, and what it does is it not only puts that those audio in, if you have your if you have your marker or your cursor where you want that effect to go in, it knows what part of that effect it has metadata in it. That's where it should hit on the edit point, you know, and this is because it's really designed by someone who's actually done this, you know, it was like, this is how you save time. It was it literally is one of the most amazing extensions for Final Cut I've ever seen in my entire life, you know, and it 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 uh, it just the amount of time any of us that have done this have had to add music, had to add, uh, you know, sound effects and so on and so forth. Know that you never get you never finish. You just run out of time. And this it literally makes it a hundred times faster. Um, so it, it, I, I was, all of us were, I mean, literally all, almost all of us in the panel t- this morning were completely, uh, just having trouble remembering what we were going to do the rest of the show. I screwed up, <laughs> I screwed up my, I screwed up my, my clothes. Like I've never had this problem. Like, so someone's having a great, Oh, this is a really great product. And you know, we've had great other folks on, but we were literally having trouble asking the questions, having trouble. Cause we were thinking about all the things we were going to do. Um, just a, a stunning, stunning. And, and I was like, how have they been around for two years? And I didn't know that they were, because we'd ask for these very obscure, weird things like, well, can it do this? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can do that. You can just, you can just add all these things to it. And, and yeah, I, I think at some point I was like, how long have you guys been around? Because how do I not know about this? And so um, anyway, so that's why I'm, I'm, I'm uh, recommending it. And you should, if you want to see more about what it did, because I think that their website is a little, uh, I, I, I couldn't really get what it did looking at their website. Um, but you should watch the first hour from, or second hour from, uh, today, Tuesday's uh, office hours because uh, it's you'll be entertained. Like it is, it's a great demo of a very cool extension and app. And so, looks like uh, a Mac fully only. artist's dream come true. Yeah. Oh my goodness! And the stuff that they hint to where they're going, where you know it's really providing this access for you know people to get into a marketplace and everything else. It's really stunning and really amazing. I would highly recommend. Uh, checking out that website and um, it's 30 bucks. I think it's, you can get it perpetual. I don't know what the perpetual was. The, the most expensive version of this that has absolutely everything I think is like 30 bucks a month and it goes you know down from there. And um, it's, uh, it's really cool. So it's one of the coolest things I've seen in quite a while on the Mac. Neat. Really neat. I want lightsaber sounds now. Yeah, it, they have them. They have the lightsaber sounds. They, oh, they, he had all these. Here's the thing: is he had all the the crouching tiger one. They, they had all these sword and then he goes. Well, and then of course we we can just select all these and just change them to lightsabers, and boom, it was lightsabers. That was just like all of us were. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's wow. It's cool. I just really sent a cool. link to uh, to Salt Hank because I think he could probably use this in his. Oh yeah. In his videos. Oh yeah. Yeah. I yep. watch that fight like at least once a month. You know, there is no movement without stillness. There is, and he's just like whittling away at her with the sword as he's moving forward. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. Uh, ADD.app. What a great easy, URL. Yeah. Very easy <laughs> yeah. URL. ADD.app yeah. for audio design desk. And if you want to watch this conversation, go to officehours.global. That's where Alex Lindsay lives. I mean, really, quite literally, day in, day out. Uh, all sorts of subjects, mostly about production, but other things too, including cooking. Um, and uh, it's a Zoom meeting that is always open, but uh, the mornings are when you have your special events and so forth. And it's yeah. open to all officehours.global if you want to know more. And if you want to hire Alex, absolutely, you must go to 090.media.
where he is waiting for your check. <laughs> Doesn't matter what it's for. Just write it now. Give him a blank check. I'm telling you, it's worth it. It's so suffice it. to say that next week uh, we will have about every third minute is going to be unnecessary sound effects that we're just yeah. putting through our microphones because we're playing with this and it's really yes. cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Andy and when are you going to be on GBH in Boston with your uh, APP design desk ready to go? <laughs> uh, I am off again this week because there was a, we're on tape because there was unfortunately a positive COVID diagnosis from oh. one of the hosts, Uh-oh. and so they're going on and so they're going on tape uh, for the rest Uh-oh. of the week. Uh, but I'll, I'll be on next week uh, at my, my usual slot, uh, but actually one day earlier, Thursday uh, at twelve fifty p.m. Uh, as usual. Go to wgbhnews.org, listen to it live or later, or listen to anything I've done there for the past three years. Nice, always a pleasure, Andy. Indeed, Andy. And uh, Renee Ritchie is at youtube.com slash Renee Ritchie. What are you working on these days? I'm working on a video about WWDC that contains no leaks, no rumors, no speculation, nothing about what could actually be shown at WWDC, but just everything about WWDC. And I'm enjoying Twitter because they're busy memeing the new poster art into a Power Rangers revival <laughs> because it looks so similar to that classic Mighty <laughs> Morphin poster. That's hysterical. That's funny. Wow. Thank you, Renee. Yeah. Uh, we have some events coming up in the club. If you're a Club Twit member, Stacy's Book Club is June 16th. It's going to be Termination Shock. I'm telling you now because it's a big book. You're going to want to start right now. Neil Stevenson's latest, 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific, June 16th. And a uh, certain Alex Lindsay will be our guest in July for an AMA. Aunt Pruitt will interview Alex, give you a chance to ask your questions. So if you've always wanted to ask Alex some uh, personal questions that's the place to go club twit is kind of our special uh place for people who want to support what we do here seven bucks a month gets you all of our shows ad free no ads no tracking you also get access to the twit plus feed which is all sorts of stuff that doesn't make it to the podcasts and our fabulous discord which is a conversation uh of uh, all kinds of stuff it's not just the shows it's everything geeks are interested in from travel to anime to data science to cooking uh it's a really fun place to hang it's my my favorite social network uh highly encourage a visit to twit.tv slash club twit we also have corporate memberships seven bucks a month i think it's worth it thanks to all of you for being here we do mac break weekly tuesdays 11 a.m pacific 2 p.m. Eastern, 1800 UTC. You can watch or listen live at live.twit.tv. The chat room is irc.twit.tv. Or, of course, if you're in the club, the Club Twit Discord is very active during uh, live hours. After the fact, on-demand versions of the show available at twit.tv slash mbw. There's a dedicated YouTube channel. You can watch the videos there. You could, I don't know what's going on. It's a little teeny weeny YouTube. You can also, you can also uh, subscribe. That's probably the best thing to do. That way you'll get the audio or the video version of the show, your choice, uh, the minute it's available. And if your podcast platform allows for reviews, please leave us a five star review. Tell the world about Mac Break Weekly. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Renee. Thank you, Alex. I hope there's more news next week. We'll see. And if not, there'll be good conversation. I could probably We did pretty good. Yeah, we did all right. <laughs> yeah. See you we next time. Now get back to work because break time is over. Is that an iPhone in your hand? 
wait a second. Is that an Apple Watch on your wrist? And do I, do I see an iPad sitting there on the table? Oh, my goodness. You are the perfect person to be watching iOS Today, the show where Rosemary Orchard and I, Micah Sargent, talk all things iOS, tvOS, watchOS, HomePod OS. It's all the OSs that Apple has on offer, and we show you how to make the most of those gadgets. Just head to twit.tv slash iOS to check it out. Choosing Comcast Business Internet means choosing advanced cybersecurity and fiber solutions with speeds up to 10 gigs. Available to more small businesses than any other provider. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary. Comcast Business. Powering possibilities. If you're a small business, you face tough choices every day. Good thing your internet and technology choice is easy. When you choose Comcast Business Internet, you choose the largest, fastest, reliable network. You choose advanced security for total peace of mind. And you choose speeds up to 10 gigs, available to more small businesses than any other provider. The choice is clear. Make your business future ready with unbeatable business solutions from the most innovative company. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary. Most innovative based on American Business 2021 Gold Stevie Award.